It's the South Florida Morning Show with Jennifer Ross and Bill Adams on News Talk 850 WFTL. Now it's all backed up. This this is insane, man. This this going to be traumatized, especially with three kids. It's going to be traumatized. This is a nationwide thing? That's crazy. That's scary. That poor guy stuck at O'Hare yesterday. That was 24 hours ago they talked to him, and it sounds as though, from the sound there, that that was the reporter telling him what was going on nationwide. He didn't know. Yeah, he was just thinking what's good. He was just trying to wrangle up his kids. He found out in real time. He thought it was just an issue at O'Hare, and then oh. he finds out. Wait, this is this is everywhere. So, a couple of pieces of information from this in the uh, the post mortem and the aftermath of looking into what shut down all of the nation's planes for the first time since 9/11. How first time since 9/11, 2001. There's one report saying the FAA says a we say that on purpose a corrupted file, one single file, shut this down. Uh, well, <laughs> that should tell you that this is incredibly antiquated. Our transportation secretary, Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg, was out with a statement yesterday afternoon. I was surprised at how long it actually took for him to say this. And this was, I don't know, Diener, I may be looking at this the wrong way. Maybe I'm taking this the wrong way. But we heard from the FAA before 9 a.m. yesterday. Right. Before they lifted the, the grounding of all planes. And we also heard from the White House itself. We heard from a, a written statement from Corrine Jean-Pierre and Biden while still on the ground in Mexico, had said, no, we don't have, we do not believe that this is any kind of a cyber attack. So once you're out with that, once that, that can, and I thought it was actually good at the time, settle that down, get the word out, you know, whatever. Why is the transportation secretary now casting doubt on whether or not it was a cyber attack? Am I reading this wrong? Because this is what I heard him say. We're not prepared to rule that out. There hasn't been any indication of that. Uh, FBI has spoken to this, and uh, of course, FAA is looking uh, closely at that as well as they work to see exactly what was going on inside the files that were in this system leading to this irregularity. So again, what I would say is there is no direct indication of any kind of external or nefarious activity, but we are not yet prepared to rule that out. Sounds as, not like they ruled it out yesterday. That's what I heard. You know, that, that is it was so... definitive. And it really is kind of just par for the course when it comes to these people. It's when it comes to just mixed messaging. You know what I mean? Right, right. There can't just be one single answer. There can't be one single message to for some clarity for people. You know, they they start off with, well, no, it's not a cyber attack. We're not looking at that. And then 12 hours later, we're hearing, well, we're not ruling that out. And I understand evolving information. I get that. So if you want to throw that at me, fine. But if that's the case, then why come out in the first place? That's right. And say, well, no, you know, that's that's not what this is. Because I really think once you come out with that statement, you have to go with it, whether it's erroneous or not. You really do. You can't just because now you now people are doubting you twice. It's not yeah, good. Right. And, oh, no, and that's a great point because yesterday. When it was happening and they were saying, well, no, it's not a cyber attack. You already have people saying, mm, no, it probably is, but you're just covering it up. Right. And then you come out later and say, well, we're not ruling it out. And then, you know, you're just letting people go. Well, yeah, of course, we know you're lying about this. So now there's even more doubt against the FAA this coming out thing. saying, we have absolutely, we do not believe this was any kind of a cyber attack. Mayor Pete comes out hours later. We can't be sure it wasn't a cyber attack. <laughs> and whether I mean, or not it was, on. it doesn't matter. Because the, the, the perception is the reality. Now you got more people than yesterday even wondering that. They never would have thought to wonder that. Now you got more people wondering. Exactly. It. And, it, you know, we asked the question yesterday, even if it was a cyber attack, would we know? Would they tell us? No. And I don't think they would. I and wouldn't. You know what? I don't want to know because I don't want to reward the hackers, whoever they are, with, you know, shaking the world to the ground. They already caused this kind of damage if it was any kind of a kind of hack. There's certain things I don't need to know. Like I said yesterday when we brought this up. Yeah. Troop movements. 
secret weapon defense? No. Just just tell me it's working. Yes. I don't need to know everything. I don't. Yeah, I understand that. Man. (laughs) In the meantime, I think we're going to find out more. We do know now, speaking of that and information, there are two instances of Joe Biden's administration covering up classified document stories because they found two now. The first story coming out yesterday was from CBS. This one is from NBC. A new report, this is one from NBC, says aides to the president have found a second batch of classified materials, but this one is at a different location than the University of Penn Biden Center. A different location. I I did a double take when I saw this (laughs) yesterday. When this news came out, the the information came out, I saw it on uh, Twitter first, actually. Right. And I th- I said, wait, what? Right. Did you get the same reaction? Like, this can't be real. Yeah. I started looking to verify. I'm like, this this has to be, this can't be it. And then I saw it was coming out from one of the representatives of, of you know, Congress. Yeah. And I'm like, good gosh, they found another one? Another stash of classified documents? What is this guy doing? He's just leaving papers everywhere? Oh, uh, we'll put this one in uh, Nantucket. You're not saying where, by No, the exactly. Way. That's true. We don't know where it was. So NBC had this story, so they're everywhere with it. It's every. Oh, it's all. It's it's been the main headline of the Today Show, which is on right yeah, now. Yeah, and that by the way. that was interesting too. NBC had this one, and CBS had the first one. Those are two of the main establishment traditional, you know, legacy media outlets they call them. Yes, right. Mm. And here's that we've been laughing about this all morning long, and this is part of the NBC story. This is let's just read their quote. Biden aides have now been searching for classified materials that may be in other areas. After the initial batch was found, they've been dispatched on a treasure hunt. Sir, where else were you? Where could you? Where could your your previous staff have left this stuff? Do you happen to know? That's unreal. Literally, it's to the point now where they're saying, uh, "Guys, he doesn't know if there's more. <laughs> we have to go out and search all of his residences. Wow, and vacation homes. Unbelievable. Oh my gosh, what a disgrace! And a much less serious story. I don't know why. Some we usually have these themes going on throughout the week, like one particular thing or company or product or team is in the news for one week. This week, I don't know why, it seems to be Pepsi-Cola. Pepsi-Cola, it's the spot. Yesterday, we had the bizarre story out of China where they narrowed down Pepsi and they said it's responsible for, for male pattern baldness. Yeah, that was weird. Didn't see that one coming. Now, this from, from Pepsi itself. You got any diehard Sierra Mist fans? That's pretty good. I like it. In your mist? Well, it's going away. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Why? Well, Pepsi's made Sierra Mist for 23 years. Yeah, it was always a good alternative to Sprite. Because I only I only ever really drink soda like if we go out to eat somewhere. Yeah. And if they don't have Sprite, which is the Coke product. Yeah, nice light uh, thing. Yeah, they had the Pepsi products. I'm like, oh, Sierra Mist is fine. This so is now it's I, gone? This is what I didn't know. I didn't realize this. They made it to replace Splice. I mean, Slice. Remember that? Oh, I do remember Slice. Yeah, wow. Well, they're dropping it. No. In favor of a new drink called Starry. Starry? Two R's. And a Pepsi rep said it has a higher citrus flavor. And true fruit and more aroma, aromatic, aromatic than uh, Sierra Mist, and it's supposed to directly compete with Sprite. So they have a new comp. Okay, so they're taking away Sierra Mist. Yep. To bring in a new version of Sierra Mist. Yes. Called Starry. Why don't they just bring back Slice? Yeah, we're- <laughs> sounds like they're describing Slice. I think they are. So it's a good point. So basically, what you're telling me is you're bringing Slice back. No, it's called Starry. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of like Slice. <laughs> It's kind of the same thing. Uh, you're not going to beat Sprite. I'm sorry. It's part of American culture at this point. It is. It just is. Although I do enjoy Sierra Mist as a good alternative, Sprite is always, you know, it's the original. It's the best. You did enjoy Sierra That's Mist. That's true. 
Because so, it is gone. It is gone the way of Zima, my friend. Oh it's no, gone. Zima. Gone. Oh, R.I.P. Zima. So, <laughs> so now you're telling me when I go to a restaurant that has uh, that has Pepsi products, they're going to say, well, we don't have Sprite, but is Starry okay? No, Starry is not okay. That's a dumb name. No, it's How, not. Do you have any slice? <laughs> Stupid name. Give me a Jack Daniels and a Starry. That's How does right. that sound? Oh, no. Anyway. All right, more headlines coming up next. We have uh, finally the official answer for the White House and why Joe Biden didn't go to the Migrant Center. Well, there are no migrants there. Well, duh, Okay. Of course. And even though flights were grounded yesterday, we have a flight attendant going viral, as the kids say. She has finally set the record straight. If you're in the middle seat, do you get the armrests or not? Oh, we have an answer? According to her, anyway. It's okay. coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. Rapid fire coming up, Karen, but you knew that already. You're going to have the headlines at 7.30. We'll chime in. What's up? Well, so after a contentious vote, remember that for the Speaker of the House? Yes. There's some lawmakers from Florida, from opposite sides of the aisle, that want to have more cameras to give a glimpse of how things are done in the House. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't know they had cut them out. This is C-SPAN, right? Well, actually, it's Matt Gates and Maxwell Frost. Yeah, and C-SPAN had the cameras, yeah. so only those who had access to the C-SPAN cameras could see that he was almost that Matt Gates was almost hit. Yeah, so he wants more. He wants full twenty-four-seven C-SPAN right. camera coverage. I guess. Yeah, I didn't know they. I'm not a big C-SPAN viewer. Got to be honest. But you know what? I got to tell you guys. On that night was that was last Friday when it came, and it was late, and I'm like. I got to put on C-SPAN yes. to see the live house coverage. CNN had of the it, fight. But yes. Fox didn't have it. That's I, right. They didn't have C-SPAN, but CNN had C-SPAN, so they showed he almost got clocked, and the sergeant at arms had to hold the guy back. It was it was captivating. It I got to tell you, I'm all for this. C-SPAN needs like reality shows. Yes. Like I know that they're known for just plopping a camera down and showing you something live, like a vote, a launch, yeah. a speech, something like this. They need like writers. Some creators. Oh, I like that. And maybe do Survivor do some, Island with Matt Gates. That's right. Do some play by play. Why not? Yeah. You know? Oh my gosh, that would be great. Listen, so. if the NASA channel can have anchors, and That's they right. do, and they're good, they C-SPAN are. can have something. Oh yeah, they are good. You're right. I love it. Okay, let's put the let's. Put yeah, the I'm all in. for this. Okay. Yeah. Spice well, it up. Well, that more coming up on Rapid Fire. You don't want to miss it. Thank you, Karen. That'll be at uh, 7:30. In fact, about 11 minutes away. It's coming up. You'll have the news. We'll have the headlines and comments and all that stuff and a lot of fun. We're getting closer to Friday, which means more wheels are coming off. Oh my gosh, you're right. Because the closer we get to Friday, <laughs> we get a little loopier, and Rapid Fire it gets a little out of hand. By the way, to that note, real mm-hmm. quick, does this not feel like the longest week ever, or is that just me? No, it's it's yeah. <laughs> it does, right? No, you're right. I said to Kristen last night, one. I said, how is it only Wednesday night? Right. What is happening? You're used to these four-day work weeks. Yeah. Of course, I said the same thing last week, though, at this time. I said, oh, my God. Is this the longest four-day? I think maybe we're just whiners. That that could also I be. I think they may be the yeah. case. Well, we're close. Tomorrow's Friday, so that's Absolutely. good. Absolutely. All right, well, this was just a bummer. Man, I tell you, this is one of those just hit me hard, personally. I know that much, because it's like, this guy's a rock legend, and losing Jeff Beck brought out probably some of the best, most heartfelt condolences from uh, really the entire entertainment world, uh, you know, because he was such a legend and such an inspiration to so many people. Uh, This I didn't know. Johnny Depp was at his side. I guess he'd been hanging out with him, touring him. They they did a uh, an instrumental guitar album recently last year that's called 18. 
but he had been on so many different uh, albums here recently, stayed very, very active, two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, died at 78 after contracting bacterial meningitis. All happened very fast, I guess. Man, that stinks, too, because that's something that is just so random. So random. Right. He was fine. How do you even get that? I don't know. Ugh. Bacterial meningitis. You're right. How do you get that? Is that is that like an uh, you know undercooked chicken thing? I don't know. That's a great question. I really don't know. He was uh, rose to prominence with the Yardbirds. What an incredible boy! I don't know where rock would be if the Yardbirds never came along. Jeff Beck, mm. one of their guitarists. It was Clapton and Jimmy Page. At one point, it was uh, Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page in the, at the same time in that band. But Rod Stewart. Maybe one of the most heartfelt condolences that came out. He called him the greatest and thanked him for everything because he says he's basically responsible for my life. He uh, made Rod Stewart the lead singer and Ronnie Wood the bass player in the Jeff Beck group and brought him to the States and it was never the same after that. It launched their careers. Mick Jagger reached out over social media, said with Beck's death, we've lost a wonderful man and one of the greatest guitar players in the world. And pretty much anybody who's anybody came out and said uh, what a great loss it was. That's just such a shame. I guess 78. I know. They're saying, I guess, bacterial meningitis can be caused by, like, severe ear or sinus infections. Oh, really? Or or a skull fracture or some surgeries. So I don't know if he had any surgeries recently. Really? If he had some type of infections going on he didn't know about. One thing I do know, and this is kind of random, and I'm not trying to draw a comparison here or a a connection, but he had, uh, you know, tinnitus, the ringing in the ears. Mm -hmm. Over here, I guess we call it tinnitus. Right. The constant ringing from loud amps. Right. Had that really bad, I guess. Really. So I don't know if there's any connection there, but mm. who knows? What shame. a shame. It is. Sad. So, so sad. Well, it was a sad and stressful day for Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary yesterday. But you knew it was coming. She knew it was coming. Ducey had all kinds of questions for her. Why didn't President Biden want to see what's really going on at the border? He did see exactly what's going on at the border. He didn't talk to any migrants, and he didn't go anywhere that people actually cross illegally. Why not? (laughs) Now, there's about a two, three-minute answer to that, which goes on and on and on. But she got to the main answer, which is what she's trying to say here. Why didn't he go? Why? Well, he was there, but there weren't any migrants. Uh, There happened to be no migrants at the facility at the time that he visited. (laughs) But let's, but let's. Lo and behold, what are the chances? El Paso's been overrun, but when Joe Biden's there, there were no migrants at the facility. Isn't that amazing? Oh, wow, what a coincidence. Uh, Joe, uh, you know, they they went out to lunch. (laughs) It's a miracle. Yeah, what can I tell you? How did that happen? Look at that. See, there's no problems here at all. Isn't it funny, though, her answer there, Karine Jean-Pierre? Well, he did. It sounds like something like your kid would say. You didn't clean up your mess. Yes, I did. I'm staring at it. <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't eat that last cookie. It's all over your face. <laughs> it's just when you have nothing else to say because you know there's no excuse and there's no good answer you can give. It's just, yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. Oh, my oh, gosh. just ridiculous. She looked, I'm telling you, I've said it a couple of times, I know, Diener, but just the life force has left her. No, you're right, though. I don't know how long yeah. she's going to be in the job, but she is, phys- she is like spiritually gone. Yes. There's nothing left. It seems like, especially I think this week too, starting from the weekend when he did that sham, you know, border visit, yeah. all the way through the declassified files being found twice now in two separate locations, <laughs> and then the grounding of the flights for the first time since 9-11. Right. Good Lord, what a week. She's like, oh, I have to talk about this today. <laughs> I'm just done. We think, we think we're having a long week. Imagine how she feels. No one in the country is having a longer <laughs> week than Kareem Jean-Pierre. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I got to, Before we head into rapid fire, I've got some great news for you. Check this out. The oldest living U.S. veteran to survive the attack on Pearl Harbor is almost 105 years old. 
Is that right? Joseph, jo, let me make sure I get his name. Joseph Eskenazi celebrates his upcoming birthday Wednesday at the National World War II Museum in New Orleans. It's coming up next week. He and some fellow war veterans made the trip thanks to the Gary Sinise Foundation's Soaring Valor Program. He does such great work. Isn't that, that amazing, though? That's awesome. Wow. He's going to be 105. How cool is that? How about that? 105. Pearl Harbor was 1941. He was an Army private. Interesting. Not Navy. Oh. They're part of the Navy base. Army private stationed in Hawaii when the Japanese attacked December 7th, 1941. How about that? His birthday falls on uh, uh, on uh, January 30th, coming up at the end of the month, and they're going to honor him this week. Way to go, Gary Sinise. Yes, uh, Gary Sinise does great work with that foundation. It's amazing. Very, very well done. All right, we've got Rapid Fire coming up in just a couple of minutes, 7.30-ish. Karen's going to have the headlines. We'll chime in, too. Keep it here next. It's 7.30. Time for Jenna Bill's Rapid Fire with Karen Curtis on News Talk 850 WFTL. Well, it's that time. Rapid Fire, a lot going on. Karen's got all the headlines. We shall chime in. It's Thursday. We're this close to Friday. And if you've been with us any amount of time, and a lot of you have, you realize that the Rapid Fire's... Sometimes they fall apart the closer we get to the weekend. <laughs> oh, man, isn't that the truth? They unravel, unfurl, and hinge. I think, they, I think the cause is we get a little loopy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not you, Karen. Oh, well, heck. You're a steadfast news lady. I Us? Oh, we're a mess. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, so I think the happiest person on the planet this morning is Donald Trump. Really? Because Could be. all of these documents keep being found <laughs> in President Biden's like old office, and we don't even know where the second batch has been found, but here's our friend Jean-Pierre. What's her name? Karine Jean-Pierre. As soon as his lawyers realized these documents were there, they did the right thing and immediately turned them over to the archives. That's all they have. I, that, that's the justification was the lawyers did the right thing. I Immedi- love that. What's, what's their definition of immediate? Six years? Yeah. Right, exactly. Come here's on. the deal. They showed pictures of what they took at Trump's house. They had photos. They're not even telling us. All we know is that these documents are TSSCI, yeah. which is it's top secret, <laughs> yeah, sensitive compartmented information, which means you have to be in a skiff to open them up. And he didn't have, as vice president, any power to declassify them like President Trump did. Right. So, and they're telling us this was not a national security issue, but Trump's was. Which he could have declassified those documents. Because they're full of crap. They're trying to cover as best they can. But now they can't. We know what's fascinating. First report for the first batch, CBS. Second one, NBC. These are the traditional legacy media outlets. They can't escape from it. This is this. I don't know. It, it, it may only grow. And now they did. I love this. They've dispatched administration officials to find more documents. Uh, oh. Where in the world are Joe's secret papers? <laughs> and he doesn't know anything about it. I don't know if that's good or bad. Shouldn't he right. know what's in his office? If that's their out. Well, he didn't know anything about this. That's, that's no, worse. No. No. Now, does, did Trump know all of the documents at Mar-a-Lago? No. But they had been working. There's another difference. They had been working at Mar-a-Lago with the National Archives to figure out what's needed, what goes out, what they. And they just raided them. That's a national security issue. Oh my God. I have a headache. This <laughs> though. Oof. Oh yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe they're trying to make room for Gavin Newsom. I don't know what's happening, but anyway. It sure feels like they're coming after Joe. Yeah. And by them, I mean the Democrats themselves. Because they never report any of this stuff. They had this information before the midterm elections, though. Well, well, did the media the, I, have it? I don't think the media did. The Department of Justice did. Yeah. See, and that's not good. No. If it was Trump, we would have known about it. Anyway, <laughs> House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is removing three Democrats from their committees in the new Congress. So he removed and blocked California Congressman Adam Schiff, 
Eric Swalwell mm. and Minnesota Congresswoman Ilan Omar, Ilhan Omar from committee assignments. Good. Well, first of all, uh, Eric Swalwell was uh, in bed with a Chinese spy. Fang Fang. And wasn't he on like the what? Intelligence committee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Oh, good. Schiff was on intelligence too, and that's the least in person intelli- uh, intelligent person in Washington. I always oh, thought that was God. so ironic. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, moving on, the FAA has uh, identified the problem from yesterday's big collapse of their computer system. Oh, they got to figure it out? It's a, it was a corrupted file. Sure. Singular. Singular <laughs> file. A file? Yeah. That's Just a problem. One. Yeah. So I, they don't know. They haven't said if it was cyber attack or not, but it was a corrupted file, uh, and it caused 8,000 delays, 1,000 cancellations. Meanwhile, you must know the Department of Transportation, headed by Pete Buttigieg, is crystal clear on the fact that if your flight is canceled or significantly delayed, you're entitled to a full cash refund. So don't let them tell you otherwise. So this thing was like, do you remember that old commercial? That lady shows up at the cubicle, land at her office. You've launched the pink slip virus. That's right. She opened one email. <laughs> yes. How antiquated is this system that one file can corrupt the whole thing one and file. ground all the flights in America for the first time since 9-11? Well, we have sent more money over to Ukraine than we've spent on our own infrastructure. Oh, and yeah. 15% of every airline ticket you buy goes to the FAA to upgrade their infrastructure. Where's oh, that money going? I didn't know that. Good question. I don't know. Where is it going? Not, Back into the government. Not to the files, I guess. No. It's a mess. It's a mess. I got to tell you, I'm going further and further away from believing their explanations. Yeah. And oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially Fine. when they cast doubt on their own explanation about whether or not it was a cyber attack. Yeah. Now everybody's asking the question. Yeah, they'll yep. never admit it, though. If it was, God can no. imagine. A forensic engineer hired by the city of Surfside says that they're 90% sure that that condo collapse that killed 98 people there was not caused by geological conditions. I guess like an earthquake or... Well, what do they consider geological conditions? Because I, wasn't one of the speculations the ocean breeze, the sea breeze was like corrupting, corroding like the, the foundation? Yeah. Well, and plus they were building a building next to it, remember? And it was like jarring that building because of all the construction going on too close. But remember Eric Glazer, board certified mm-hmm. condo and HOA attorney, yeah. he told 60 Minutes. <laughs> they needed $15 million to make the repair to the garage and the, the structure. They had 700,000. Doesn't anybody think eventually these buildings are gonna need repair? And now the bills come due. And now the bills come due. There you go. That mm. was the reason, he says, the money. <sighs> anyway, coming up on Rapid Fire. For those of you that are calling the police, we are not holding you hostage. <laughs> not holding you hostage? More transportation nightmares for Americans. It's time on the train. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, it's a new movie with John Candy and (laughs) Steve Martin. (laughs) God. Time for your APTWFTL traffic and weather together. Speaking of transportation, three left lanes blocked for a car fire injury crash northbound 95. This is on the approach to North Lake Boulevard, and it is causing a massive delay because three right lanes are blocked. The fire's out. Crash in Atlantis, Lantana Road at Military Trail. Another one at Forest Hill Boulevard, west of Military Trail. Hi, this is Earl Ron, president of New South Window. New South is having a one-day factory sale. This Saturday only in our factory showroom. 40% off energy-efficient windows and patio doors. One day only, this Saturday from 9 till 4. Please visit us at NewSouthWindow.com. 
WBTV first alert forecast waking up with temperatures in the 60s with a high today in the mid-70s. Low humidity, but then some rain moving through tomorrow, 50-50 shot because a cold front moves through. And we're going to have our highs around 58 degrees, lows in the 40s. Ooh, yeah. There's, we put a story up at the website, how to stay warm during this cold weather. Blankies. Yes, blankies and snuggly wugglies. <laughs> Currently, it's 59 degrees and partly cloudy in the Palm Beaches back to rapid fire. Sounds exactly like they're holding them hostage. Oh my gosh. So that was what that was recorded on an Amtrak train from DC to Florida because people were calling 911 because the train was stopped in the middle of nowhere in the sticks in South Carolina and for the, hours. The train personnel admonished them for those of you calling the police, yeah. stop. It's not going to help you. Can you and imagine? Not being, they were being held hostage because they couldn't get out of the train, and their cars were with them on the train. It was an auto train. Oh, it was the auto train. Okay. So, and don't you think they probably wish they could get in their car and just drive? Because it took, instead of 17 hours, 37 hours, there was some CSX train crash derailment ahead of them, and they couldn't get around it. Could I walk? No. They probably, Stop calling the police. <laughs> so here's one of the people on board. We stopped for periods of time ranging anywhere from 30 minutes to now presently over five hours. Every single person on this train is tired of their excuses. I, I, I have no desire to do that. Now, I know the auto train, people are moving down there, getting their cars down. I get the appeal. Nope, not me. I'll hire a transport or drive down or just fly down. No, no, no. You're going to fly? <laughs> Right. Which is better. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you were either stuck on the train or stuck in an airport and, yesterday. And they had a sh- they were shorter than a food supply as well on the train. <laughs> and eggs are like fourteen dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just throw that out there too. The train finally arrived in Orlando yesterday. So Well that's nice. Well Sanford. Death toll in California up to nineteen as the latest storm drenches the already soaked state. And apparently the sheriff there in Sonoma County says that the total rose because one person was found dead in a car submerged in 8 to 10 feet of water yesterday. Wow. That was part of the problem. The kid that got taken out of the car and just washed away, oh. his mom was crossing a bridge and just boom, this water came up. Man. And they haven't found him either. Scary. Very sad. Dolphins will be without quarterback Tua Tungavailoa again for Saturday's wild card showdown with the Bills. Can you just let me know when you're done with this story? I'm going to walk out for a little while. He's still in the NFL's <laughs> concussion protocol. I'm really worried about him. Well, uh, long term is probably the right decision, though. I know you want him to play, but you got to think about the guy's future. Well, and that's what they're doing. I mean, the, the doctors are being really cautious with him because yeah. of the previous concussion. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I think, too, what's happening here was... Don't you start. <laughs> <laughs> I think what, what happened here, too, was the concussion that he had against Cincinnati was so visible... It was in a primetime game, and it was scary when, it, when his hands locked up. Oh, that was And everybody awful. saw that. So what happens is you end up falling into focusing on him. The national discussion becomes about two and concussions, and everyone else gets ignored. Like Kenny Pickett from the Steelers has been playing with three concussions in season. No one bats an eye at that. That's crazy. It's wild. That is so irresponsible of them. I think for anybody. Yeah. Two, two is bad. Two is a lot. I mean, these are... You gotta protect these guys. Come on. Yeah. There's a term in the law. It's called eggshell head. Oh no! I swear to God, it is. Are you serious? Yeah, and yeah, it's not an excuse. So, anyway, um, Dolphins. Yeah, they're in r- trouble on Sunday. Rookie Skyler Thompson. He's going to be the quarterback because Teddy Bridgewater still has that. He's got a little pinky, pinky issue. Injury. He's got the wonky finger. Yeah, yeah. Huh. he does. He can't drink tea or play football. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, so the Buffalo Bills say Demar Hamlin. My God, this man's heart stopped. 
And now he's out of the hospital. Here's quarterback Josh Allen. It's an awesome feeling. You know, we're just hoping that he's getting his rest and his recovery. And as a team, we're extremely happy. <laughs> I was telling Bill. I said, well, look, we're, all, we're all obviously all happy this this kid is okay. He's going to be fine and maybe even has a playing career ahead of him. No. But I swear, if they bring him out to the stadium. They are. He's going to be there? Oh, if, my gosh. If not in person, I swear to you, he'll be there on video message. The it's going to happen. They don't need anything else against the them for this line. game. Oh, my gosh. The rush of energy and adrenaline that's going to go through the bills when he shows up in video or in person is going to be they'll insurmountable. They'll roll him out hooked to an EKG. Insurmountable. All right. I get And I get that. And it's great. It's a great story. Yes. But do they need so many signs in the for this game last game absolutely it's sure well, first game we back. just love you we love you it's great yeah. and it worked and everybody's prayers work then they need the same amount of signs he's fine i think at this point you can just be happy he's okay and you know by the move way on to the game damar has trademarked two phrases by they by him that's his agent sure that's what it is did we win and three is back wow Cool. They, have, they have filed for trademark protection yeah every single three on the field is outlined in red i mean every three yeah. I don't think they're going to do it anymore. I think they did it for the one week. Interesting, though. They couldn't get three. The number three is back. Must be taken by somebody. It's spelled out three is back. That's that's the uh, only one they can, they can apply maybe for. Maybe it was huh. Dwayne Wade was three, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Maybe it was him. So was Dale. So yeah, I bet. Dale Earnhardt. That's oh, right. that's right. That was the original three that everybody the wore. Right. That's yeah. right. He's not back. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> What else you got going on? I did a full rig. I did a full rigger podcast it's Thursday. On, on his death, by the way. There oh, it was Florida. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Florida. It was, yeah, it was crazy. Anyway, uh, moving on. So, legendary rock musician Jeff Beck of the Yardbirds. Oh, what a loss! Dead at seventy-eight, tragically died. Uh, he contracted bacterial meningitis, according to his family. You know, remember I was he was just on stage with Johnny Depp. Yep. Yeah. Happens very suddenly. Johnny Depp, we learned quick. this morning, was at his bedside. Oh my god! With his family, what wow. the heck happened? Wow. I was reading a little bit about uh, bacterial meningitis because I just found it weird. I guess it can happen from like a severe ear or sinus infection or some oh. type of surgery. He went septic. He went septic, oh, okay. and uh, you know it kind of corrupts the spinal cord and everything. And oh. uh, apparently, if you die from something like this, it can happen very quickly. I guess like it just rapid like it's onset. It's a wonder we're all even alive with all the things that could suddenly attack you. <laughs> like bears. Good morning. Raccoons. Did you ever watch the, the monsters was? inside me? Oh, Don't. yeah. No, I tried oh, no. a couple of them. I had to stop watching oh, wait, that. The one with the eyeball? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, no. no. So he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. Yep. Once with the Yardbirds. The other one is a solo artist. Clapton's twice, too, right? Three. Three. And he's the only one who's in three. Oh, wow. Three. Yardbirds, Cream, and Solo? Yep. Girl that. Scouts announcing a new cookie flavor. I'm in. Oh, don't you know? <laughs> it's Raspberry Rally. It's called Build Back Better. No? <laughs> it's made with a nougat. Oh. <laughs> I'm all about nougat. It can nougat. also be used to repair things. Oh, well, that's nice. Everybody loves nougat, but can you define what it is? No. Nope, no one has ever. No. No right. one has ever defined what the heck is nougat. I just like it. <laughs> The nougat's made, just give it to me. I, I don't think know where it's from. In, I think nuts are involved. I'm not sure. Possibly. And I like raspberries, too, so it's a good mix. I want to be clear. <laughs> I'm not going nuts. I am. Nougat. It's available online to help Girl Scouts learn e-commerce skills. Yeah, it's good. Um, also, the cookie season runs through April, so get your raspberry rallies now. There you go. Oh nice. My. They're saying you're similar to Thin Mints, but they're, they're so that's no way they're similar to those. They're complete opposites. Maybe in shape oh, and no. build. I don't know. Minty nougat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Very nice. That wraps up Rapid Fire. What great radio is coming up next? We'll have some more of the uh, dedications coming in for Jeff Beck, what some of his uh, peers and rock stars and entertainment people are saying. And we've got a good floor dope. Florida Dopes oh, coming good. up next. Some Orlando burglars caught because their truck had a cardboard sign that said, Stolen Tag. <laughs> and more coming up next. Oh, no. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. By the end of the day yesterday, we had 10,000 delays and thousands of cancellations. And that will continue through today as the airlines try to catch up. Oh, boys. Postmortem. Looking back, we've had 24 hours to think about this. The Hopefully, the FAA and transportation officials are looking at it. Uh, that's Tom Costello, the uh, travel reporter for, for NBC, was talking about that. Pretty much confirmed, they've narrowed it down to one corrupt file. One. That shut down all of the nation's flights for the first time since 9-11. All of them, all at once yesterday. See, my question with that is, with this uh, corrupt file explanation... Was it a corrupt file that was there for a while? They didn't know. Was it a corrupt file because it exactly. was old? It's exactly right. I you don't know? know. Outdated code, or was it there on purpose it's by al- somebody? It's almost like as the debate has turned towards, well, hold on a second. Pete Buttigieg is now saying we can't be sure it wasn't a cyber attack. Regardless, what we know now is this was an old, antiquated system they were running on. That's for true. For decades. Yes, that's true. So, I mean, you know... Trying to put duct tape on it and oh my god, <laughs> scotch tape and masking tape and instead of just fixing the thing. But listen, if this is what brings attention to that to get this stuff fixed and updated, then hopefully they do that. But at the same time, I'm still not convinced that's the reason this happened yesterday. I'm not either, Diener, and I think more people than ever because of Buddha Judge's weak uh, statement about this yesterday. I think he got more people than ever wondering about a cyber attack. It seemed it was right before nine. The white Joe Biden himself. Said we we're ruling that out. We have no evidence of that whatsoever. White House made a statement about it too before nine, and then three hours later he comes out with this. We're not prepared to rule that out. There hasn't huh? been any indication of that. Uh, FBI has spoken to this, and you ruled it out at like nine a.m. What do you mean? Exactly. Now you're going back on it. So that just brings even more, you know, distrust in the whole situation and the explanations that the government is giving. And if it's that old, by the way, if the system is that old and you know uh, antiquated, prehistoric then it's probably pretty easy to hack into. Exactly. So so whether it was that. a corrupt file on its own, yeah. or it just wore out, or it just glitched, who the heck knows, or was, was hacked, who knows? System's got to be fixed. In the meantime, bad news for Pete, because this just reminded everybody of exactly what he's presided over as transportation secretary. Some of them I forgot about. Let's not forget about the supply chain crisis, the railroad strike, the holiday travel crisis in a day when every plane in America was grounded. <laughs> not a not a good job by nah. Pete there. No, no, he's, uh, might want to step it up. And uh, all kinds of you know heartfelt condolences. Many of them really, really good coming in so far for uh, Jeff Beck as we lost that legend. Seventy-eight years old. It happened suddenly. I guess he had contracted bacterial meningitis. What a shame. I mean, uh, one of the, I really I think one of the most sincere. And really saddest condolences came in from Rod Stewart, who called Jeff Beck the greatest, thanked him for everything, thanked him for his life, he said, basically, because he sought him out, made him the singer of the Jeff Beck group, him and Ronnie Wood. Mick Jagger also reached out over social media, saying, we've lost a wonderful man, one of the greatest guitarists ever. Uh, Anybody you can possibly think of in entertainment or rock has, has reached out and said something like this, because the guy was just a legend. Very, very influential. No, so, so sad, and that's and that's yeah, just you know, absolutely, like you said, just an absolute legend. The the careers mm. that he helped to start and everything, and just a musical genius. I mean, just a a rock genius, 
sad. It came out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. Just hanging out yesterday, and you find out Jeff Beck died. He's like, whoa. Didn't know that. He was very active, too. So this, uh, Ozzy was all upset about it, too, because he just worked with Jeff Beck on the latest Ozzy Osbourne album, Patient Number 9, which is nominated for all kinds of Grammys. Jeff Beck is on two of those songs. And he had released, I didn't know this was even a thing, he had released a album and a tour with Johnny Depp last year into this year called 18. Mm. Along with the family members, Johnny Depp was at his side. Wow. I guess in the hospital. You know, and it's funny because I thought about him actually yesterday when I heard this. Yeah. He popped into my head just because, you know, not that I know Johnny Depp by any means, but he was the one I thought about because of all the news surrounding that was when we were talking about the uh, Amber Heard trial. All right. Remember there was started, Amber Heard was saying, oh, you're going to play guitar with your old friends or something. And <laughs> was, Jeff Beck was talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Jeff Beck is the old guy playing guitar, okay? One of your old guitar friends. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's right. Forgot about that. So yeah, he came to he popped him, you know, into my head when I heard about this and there you go. I guess he was at his bedside. Yeah, it's sad. What a loss. In the meantime, maybe this will feel better, make you feel better. At least you're not one of these guys. Here's our Florida Dope of the Day. Burglars, well, they make it easy. The Florida Dope of the Day. Hey, man! Oh, you are so dumb. I would imagine probably the most important thing about being a thief is don't call attention to yourself, right? Two guys in their 30s in Orlando arrested. This happened last Thursday. Getting the news now. Committed multiple burglaries in one specific area and neighborhood. I guess it was a subdivision. Caught because their truck didn't have a license plate, just had a cardboard sign that they wrote that said, Stolen Tag. Well, that's very considerate of them. How nice. Well, you know, you don't want to get a traffic violation when yeah, you're stealing stuff. Of course. Police say the pickup was <laughs> spotted by witnesses outside several houses where the burglaries happened. People noticed the sign specifically, and they all pointed to that. Hey, it what? says it's got a stolen tag. Look for that truck. <laughs> Police alerted. They were able to track down the truck and pull it over. They search it. Stolen items including jewelry as well as a handgun. Oh, geez. Multiple charges now. Grand theft and burglary. Here's the cop on the scene, but one of the neighbors is classic and wraps up the entire thing with a great statement. I couldn't make out the uh, tag. Maroon pickup listed. Looks like it's got a uh, cardboard tag. People who commit crimes like these are not the sharpest (laughs) tools in the shed. (laughs) And that's why they're our floor dope. That guy's a neighbor that got some of his jewelry back. So, well, you know, at least the long arm of the law finally caught him. It didn't have to be too long. Not the sharpest tools in the shed. Hey, imagine that call going out. Um, be on alert for a car that says stolen tag. That's that's the one we're looking for, guys. Yeah, it didn't take too long. Good gosh. All right, we got more headlines. Coming up next, uh, What more, sto- more uh, private classified documents found in a different location from Biden? More? Oh my, yeah, well. We've got that, and thanks a lot, Golden Globes. Lowest rated in history, and you've offended the Whitney Houston estate. I think they're done. They would have to be, I right? I think they're done, yeah. Um, they owe ratings. This thing was so Oof. low. And more coming up next, the South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. It's the South Florida Morning Show with Jennifer Ross and Bill Adams on News Talk 850 WFTL. President Biden be trusted moving forward with America's secrets? Because his lawyers, his team did the right thing. But he had a closet with he, classified his information lawyers in did it the right Again, again, again. He did he was right surprised thing? that the records were there. He spoke to this so personally. He was surprised that the that the records were there. And when his lawyers found out and his team found out that they were there. Uh, they turned it over to the archives. When that's what you have for your defense, it, things are going really bad. 
And she had to know this was coming. Ducey was all lined up. He had all kinds of, you know, immigrant center border questions for her. But then he, but then the news came about a second location about Biden classified documents being squared away somewhere where where his his administration officials found them. Oh, it's a mess. It reported, by the way, by NBC. So now in one week, you got CBS, NBC, two of their big friends reporting on 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 Biden failures. Oh. And you know what? And think about the answer there from Queen Jean-Pierre. The question from Peter Ducey was, and it was actually a really good question. I'll give him credit on that. He says, how can the president be trusted with you know, top government secrets or anything? Right. And her answer was, because the lawyers did the right because thing. Because they did the right thing. What does this have to do with his lawyers? The lawyers are not the president of the United States. The lawyers are not in a room with Macron or, or <laughs> you know, Xi from China or any other world leader. The lawyers aren't the ones making decisions that have consequences for the entire world. He's the one. And here's what they're not telling you about the secondary report from NBC about... More classified documents being found at a new location. They're not revealing where the location was. So now, get the, this is an honest-to-God, true part of the NBC story. They have dispatched administration officials, probably West Wing lackeys, to find out if there are any more <laughs> classified documents from Biden's time as VP throughout the country. They don't know where they could be. It's it's a it's a scavenger hunt. How scary is that? Honestly, you're right. It is. It's a scavenger hunt for top secret files that the president doesn't remember exactly. or know. That's right. If he still has them around somewhere. But the end here's the oh. here's what they've settled on for the end line because now remember early in the week they were saying we don't they may have been unclassified. They don't even try to fight that anymore. These were classified in in both yes. the Biden Center at UPenn and also this wherever the heck they were. The the end defense is, oh, but he didn't know what was in them. Uh, he has said uh, he, he doesn't know what is in them, so there's no way for me to talk about the documents if he has said he doesn't know what's in them. That's all they have left, and it looks even worse. Yeah, That's he, even scary. He has no idea what was in them. Now, did Trump and Mar-a-Lago know every piece of paper of those documents? No, but you get a general idea of what's happening. And by the way, there's another difference they're not talking about. Those were under lock and key, and they were working with, the Mar-a-Lago team was working with the National Archives. Right. At the time of being raided, his private residence, they were working with the archives to try to figure out what was needed to go to Washington, what could stay. It was a process. Yeah, you're right. And, and it's so, <laughs> I've been wrestling with that too. Is it worse to not know that any of the stuff was even out there? Or is it worse that he would know and it's had this stuff stashed away? I mean, they're both, they're both really bad. So very bad. You you can't win either way. But to say as your official excuse, okay, think about this. Right, the The, official line. Right, the president of the United States has now two two separate discoveries of classified top secret Mm -hmm. files in two separate locations so far in consecutive days. Yep. And the official excuse from the White House is he didn't know. Right. He didn't know they were there. He had no idea. That's awful. That's like that's like saying, "Well, he knew at the time. Now he doesn't know." I mean, what what are they doing? How inept is this? How irresponsible! And he's the one. Biden is the one who used the term irresponsible when it came to Trump when they were interviewing him about that. And now you talk about that's irresponsible. The amazing thing. That's the most amazing wow. thing of all. He would have looked so much better if he never went on sixty minutes. I think it was five weeks ago. He's sitting there going, "How could that happen? How could Trump be so irresponsible?" It was you, you dope. You're the one who's left him now. Now, we don't even know how many more there are. That's why your team is now looking for more classified documents that might just be lying around in different places. Talk about irresponsible.
And ab- again, Good gosh, absolutely, completely, one hundred percent classified. They, they can't yes. even. They're not even fighting that anymore. No one is denying that. Okay. And, and if the, I don't know about this new location, whatever this is, NBC isn't saying yet. Maybe they're trying right. to they're trying to re- release that at a later date or something. But the UPenn one, the Biden Center, fun biggest donor to that thing to keep it going, CCP of China. So they had access to it. And you can't tell me that Biden didn't know that part of it, that he's got something called the Biden Center and a big donation from China. You Sorry. Think so? If you don't know that, then, well, you're just lying. Sorry. <laughs> what a mess, man. Oh, my God. In the meantime, well, speaking of the mess, the aftermath of the flight shutdown yesterday for the first time, all domestic flights grounded for the first time since 9-11. Now they're saying that it was one corrupted file that caused all this. The big story here now, though, is catching up from here with all those flights that were canceled. NBC, speaking of them, uh, their aviation reporter, Tom Costello, said this is going to take a while. By the end of the day yesterday, we had 10,000 delays and thousands of cancellations. And that will continue through today as the airlines try to catch up. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a while. And that's what we were saying yesterday was, you know, even when all this gets... um fixed as far as planes being able to take off now there's gonna be so much they have to untangle there was such a mess a backup that it's gonna you know the domino effect that it has throughout the rest of the week and now into the weekend you hope it clears up eventually i mean air travel is hard enough with delays and weather delays and computer failures a la southwest and then you add this into it where everything was grounded not good. Golly. And we'll never get a real straight answer on this. I think all people really care about is when can you fix this defunct system that whether it was a cyber attack, whether it was just a, a corrupt file, whether it just glitched, shut down, melted down, who knows. It's old. It's antiquated. That much we know. No doubt about that. There's that. And if it was a cyber attack because it was easy to do on an old system, God forbid, what about the other systems? Right. Exactly. You know? Right. I want to speak into existence some of the other things that are, that are uh, vulnerable. Just please... In the meantime, uh, we've had a day uh, since the Golden Globes aired. How'd they do? How are the ratings? Uh-oh. Hooray for Hollyweird. Bad. <laughs> worst of all time. Some people are saying it was the worst rated award show of all time. All time? Now, it was up 100% from last year. Oh, I'll yeah. Give, well, of course, they weren't on last wasn't year. wasn't on. <laughs> Brought in 6.3 million people. Sounds like a lot, but in TV terms, that's basically UO ratings. Lowest audience ever for the Golden Globes. Already plummeted to 6.9 million in 2021. That was called historic low. Uh, last year, wasn't even televised following revelations about lack of diversity. They canceled themselves. Remember that? That was so funny. And uh, not good reviews for the host on this thing. And Gerard Carmichael now, who a lot of people didn't really care for in his job that he did. Now he's upset the Whitney Houston estate for a joke he made. Here was the joke. We are pressed for time. But they wanted me to shout out the venue that we're in. So we are here live from the hotel that killed Whitney Houston, the Beverly Hilton, uh, you guys. So uh, that's very exciting. Well, that landed like a thud. A smattering of applause while half the crowd was just talking to each other, not paying attention. Maybe if Whitney's loved ones knew how lowly rated this thing was, they'd just let it go. But yeah. they made a comment. Her sister-in-law, Pat Houston, who's the executor of the estate, she says, the huh? Whitney Houston estate disappointed in the joke. It felt it was in poor taste. There you go. Well, I, I kind of had to agree. It was. I mean, I understand, you know, jokes, comedy and all, but that just wasn't even really funny. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. All right, well, if you can't get off the ground in an airliner, what's the deal? We've got an airline attendant now, a flight attendant, who's gone viral, as the kids say. Uh-oh. She has set the record straight, Diener. If you're in the middle seat, do you get both seat rests? 
Both armrests or not? This is a, a ages-long argument. Apparently, she has settled the record straight. And okay. uh, more condolences and uh, honors coming in for Jeff Beck, who we lost yesterday. It's coming up next, the South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. It's almost time for news again. Karen is putting that together for you right now. Yeah. How's it coming along? Pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Right. Coming up at 8.30, get ready, the Consumer Price Index will be released. Uh. And this is going to have an effect on the stock market because sure. traders are hoping the Federal Reserve is going to see that its previous rate hikes have had their intended positive impact on the economy and that we're getting out of a recession, that inflation is starting to slow down. So at the closing bell yesterday, the Dow was up and the S&P was up and the mm. NASDAQ was up. So we'll see what happens. These CPI numbers are integral to what's happening today. Unless they play with mm. the numbers again like they did with that last jobs report, which was way off. Oh, Remember oh that? Yeah. Right before the holidays? Whoa. That's right. They were off by hundreds of thousands of people. Oh, oh yeah, goodness. just a few. I think what they're saying is look for the number around 6.8. Does this affect if the price below of... below 6.8. Well, the price of gas went down, so okay. that's helped a lot. That did go down, and then it went back up a little bit. It was kind of yeah, weird. It fluctuated it a lot. It what about eggs? Do we know what's happening eggs with eggs? Eggs are through the roof expensive because of the bird flu. Is that what they're blaming yes, it on? Yes, the bird flu. Huh. How does a bird sneeze? How do they do that? I don't know, but you don't want to be around for it. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? They sneeze and the egg pops out. Uh, maybe. <laughs> it may happen. I don't know. Not sure about that. Do this. they sneeze? <laughs> I'm sure somebody knows. No. <laughs> anyway, oh. that'll be at 8.30. I'll be all over it, okay? We have our best man on it. Oh, good. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Karen. Appreciate it. That's coming up at 8.30 and more. By the way, speaking of eggs, it's interesting you bring this up, Diener, because oh. they're so valuable now, we brought them aboard. Today's show is sponsored by eggs. At $5 a dozen, they've become a special occasion food, kind of like barnyard caviar. Eggs. They're taking a hit. Wow. In the PR department these days, so they've had to advertise. So How about that? They're, they're sponsoring this hour of the show. That's good. Barnyard caviar. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to help them out. Well, well yeah, out. we do what we can do. It's true, though, man. I mean, I always like to try to buy the um, the brown eggs. I'm kind of, kind of fancy when it comes to my eggs. Cage-free? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to go cage-free. Oh, yeah. So I was always willing to spend about $5, $6 on the eggs, but now those $5, $6 eggs are becoming like $8, $9 eggs. Oh, no, don't, no, it's unbelievable. It's all the staples. You know who spoke out about this yesterday? Was enraged? One of our favorites, Louisiana Senator John Kennedy. Oh, no. He said the state, he wasn't being funny about it. He just said the staples are choking out American families butter and eggs. Can't yeah. have it. True. Milk. You can't, same thing. Butter, milk, and eggs. Can't, yeah. you, you can't raise the price of those so high that the American family can't afford them. It's preposterous. It's really bad. Yeah. It really is. Stop it already. Please. Well, the aftermath, post-mortem now, of uh, the flight situation, the FAA grounding, the ground order that grounded all American domestic flights for the first time since 9-11. Well, was it a glitch? Was it a file? Was it a hack? All of these options now are on the table, according to Mayor Pete. We're not prepared to rule that out. There hasn't been any indication of that. Uh, FBI has spoken to this, and uh, of course, FAA is looking uh, closely at that as well as they work to see exactly what was going on inside the files that were in this system leading to this irregularity. So again, what I would say is there is no direct indication of any kind of external or nefarious activity, but we are not yet prepared to rule that out. Yes, sure sounded like, unless I'm missing something, that two departments ruled it out yesterday at about 9 a.m. when they lifted the grounding order. Joe Biden said himself, as he was leaving Mexico, 
And also, there was a written statement from the FAA that says, we are ruling out any sort of a cyber attack. Right, right. Well, he just added a lot of doubt into that mix. Just classic mixed messaging, man. They it, don't talk to each other in, no. this, in this administration. I think that bothers me the most. I, it really does seem that way, doesn't it? And we've, we've said that before. And I think it's pretty evident because if they did, they would be on the same page. Right. But you never right. know what's going on because one one hand is doesn't know what the other hand is doing. And it's an absolute mess. It's an embarrassment. I mean, we had all air traffic grounded yesterday. All of it. All because it's, it's historic. of just just absolute ineptitude from the from the top. Yep. Remember we asked at the time, and it turned out to be true. First time it's happened since 9-11. We were wondering, so this, yeah. has this ever happened since? Yeah, we were thinking out loud yesterday, and right. sure enough, that's the case. Well, uh, they think it's a single corrupt file that caused it, mm. and it tanked the primary and backup systems so far anyway. This is like still, even though it's been 24 hours, this is early in the investigation of it, I guess. They're looking into now how it got corrupted, but said again there was no evidence of a cyber attack. Okay. FAA knew there was a problem reportedly on Tuesday afternoon. Oh, that's Tuesday, new information. Okay, that would have been nice for them to uh, try to fix it then. Only way, this is according to CNN, the only way to fix it was by rebooting the whole system. <laughs> so, oh, geez. I'm sorry, every time they talk about this, I think of what we've gone through. You know, sometimes you show up at work and you go through this at your office too. Right. You, the company laptop they gave you or your desktop and it's like, Windows update needed. Yes. You're like, oh no! <laughs> well... He decided to do it early yesterday morning to get it done before most flights would be taking off. It took a little longer than expected. Just a little. Uh, system is very outdated. We know that. It's been around since about 1947. They've patchworked it from here on through the decades since, but that's when this particular system had uh, had actually been installed. Same system, wow. just different name. Canada had its own issues, by the way. Their system went down a few hours later, but their backup worked. Really? I don't know why they would try to do this on the same day. Did it like, hey, did you see what's going on in the States, eh? We better reboot. Yeah. I don't know. Or is that a coincidence that I both don't know. That's systems went down? That's a great question. I don't mm. know. That's yeah, that's what that's some of the stuff that really makes me think. When when you hear something like that and then you hear the mixed messaging from people who just says we can't rule out a cyber attack yep. and meanwhile the FAA and Biden say, Well, it wasn't a cyber attack and Exactly. I just I don't know. I really, I don't know what to think at this point. And maybe we'll never get a, a straight answer. The one thing everybody seems settled on, though, is that this is an old antiquated system. It's, right. It's got to be done. But if you can get up in the air, we've got this flight attendant now who's got a, I guess it's a TikTok thing, I don't know. But she, she, ans- she answers and settles airline issues. This may be the most important one of all. It's her biggest video to date. Millions of hits. Because we've all wondered. You're in the middle seat. Does that person get both armrests in a, in a three-seat row? It's been a lot, caused a lot of arguments on airlines. Would you like to hear her answer? Yes, please. This is the definitive word. All right, here we go. according to this flight attendant. Good. If you are sitting in the middle, you get both armrests. Don't be that person who's sitting at the window, who gets the window, plus this outer armrest, and then takes the middle armrest. Middle. So she says it there, middle gets both armrests. Wow. Gets middle armrest. If you're sitting at the window, you get to control the window panel. If you're not, unfortunately you don't. They get to say. You can ask nicely, but if they don't want to, they don't have to. If it's not takeoff or landing, you get to put your chair back. You paid for that seat. Airlines design it so you can lay your chair back, put your chair back so you're more comfortable. It's so funny. Everybody's got a certain responsibility. You're stuck in the middle, so you get rewarded with two armrests. Okay. If you're in the wind if you're in the window seat, you get to control the the You get the window. The window thing, the shade. (laughs) 
And you're just the gatekeeper if you're in the aisle. That's the thing, right? Yeah. You decide who gets to go to the bathroom or not. That's correct. <laughs> or if somebody's paying attention to, hey, you, you want a drink? The, the cart's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Who's most responsible for waking up the napper that's when the right. thing is coming? Hey, hey. <laughs> I think that's the middle person. I think you have to take... The, if you get both armrests, you got to wake people up if they're napping. I agree. <laughs> God. Man, the, the unwritten rules are flying. That's right. Yeah. All right, we've got uh, more condolences. and They're all heartfelt and actually pretty beautiful coming in for Jeff Beck. We lost that guitar and rock legend yesterday. But this, I, I know one person that you're already not happy about this. Pepsi is getting rid of Sierra Mist. We have an update from a, uh, a listener, by the way. Really? Yes. About Sierra Mist? Uh-huh, and it's... Well, I guess I could say it's it's replacement. Really? Yeah. All right. I don't Breaking know why Pe- Pepsi is in the news and not all of it's good this I week. I know. Got that and more coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. Uh, he has said uh, he, he doesn't know what is in them, so there's no way for me to talk about the documents. If he has said he doesn't know what's in them. Well, you're going to have to find a way to talk about them, Kareen, because more questions are coming. And I would uh, expect more details to come from this NBC report. Here's the details. It was late yesterday afternoon. NBC, on top of the CBS report, was talking about classified documents from Joe Biden's time as vice president. Now a second batch found at a different location. And they, just like the CBS report, there's not even a, a doubt that they were classified. No one's even trying to fight that anymore. No, no. But... She faced the questions, mainly from Peter Ducey yesterday. He was he was like loaded up. He was geared up for these questions to face her. She, she knew she was walking into the gauntlet. How can President Biden be trusted moving forward with America's secrets? That's a very fair and very relevant question. I think it really so. is. That's, that's not just go get him. That's not so like, you know, pouncing, piling on. How can he be trusted with any, sure. any American secrets? Uh, not after this. So the NBC report uh, is... <laughs> is saying that now, and this is my favorite part of it, and it makes me laugh every single time, administration officials, probably lower level like West Wing officials, have been dispatched throughout the country to try to find if there are any more Biden VP documents. That is unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, really, what do you think about that? They are dispatching more staff, Go more, get <laughs> more presidential aides to be like, hey, uh, there's more out there, we think. Just go st- start looking. Where? <laughs> we don't know. Just look for them. All those classified documents, they're just hanging around. Do you think this, honest to God, when they had this meeting, they gather like five agents within the White House and they say, all right, we got a prize incentive too. The first of you that can find more classified documents and not leak it to the press, you get a trip to the Bahamas. Now go! It's like an Easter egg hunt. It's an Easter egg hunt. (laughs) Or you go east, I'll go west, and you go south and north. Oh my gosh, you kidding me? And this is really happening. This is really happening. Again, from uh, from NBC, which has been all over this thing. It was interesting. I kept keeping my eye on the Today Show and uh, the early reports and the you know the network feeds from from NBC Today. I mean, they got a breaking news story here, so they're they're all over this. Sure, thing. the White House has to hate that. You got CBS and NBC, two of their good buddies, right, and blasting them on this. Oh. It's true, and that that's the thing. They they have sunk their teeth into this now, and they are not letting go. They have a juicy story with a sitting president having classified documents sitting around that he doesn't know about. They are all over this now. There's no hiding this. There's no burying this. It's out in the open, and I hope that the Republican Congress does something to well, try to hold them accountable here because this is just inexcusable. All kidding aside, it's it's absolutely sad and inexcusable to see this. And I know this is a I know this is a common uh, you know comment that's happening here and it's actually kind of sad but understandable. Most people are saying nothing's going to happen to him. Are you kidding? 
is, is it's the Bidens. They I get, get a that. Yeah. Just keep something in mind here. So you got James Comer, a uh, representative who's on, uh, I think, the select committee. He asked the question just the other day, and this was only about the CBS report. This is his quote. Why is President Biden, who has repeatedly kept classified materials in an unsecure location for years, never faced a raid? He said that before the NBC report came out. I would not doubt whatsoever if this top, this jumped to the top at least one or two items that the new Republican Congress, at least in the House of Representatives, want to want to uh, discuss and investigate. I wouldn't doubt it whatsoever. And I will tell you this much. If they don't, they're useless. Exactly. Right. I mean, you have to bring this up somehow. I don't know in what context you do it, whether it's in the context of possible investigations or hearings or something, but... You have to pay attention to it. You have to do something when you have a sitting president who has classified documents been found twice in two separate locations and possibly more in unknown right. locations. Right. Come on now. See, what they should do, and I think, I don't know if this is possible, but it seems to me in my little brain, the smart move, they should tie this into the Trump raid. Because sure. then all of a sudden they can tie this into, then it becomes an investigation into the Department of Justice and the FBI. They've yeah. talked about that. It was one of the selling points for McCarthy, right? We're going to hold the FBI accountable. Right. Here's your reason why. Through talking about the Biden documents, you can bring up the Trump raid. Why was that justified? And with that, and I think that's, that's a good way to do it because you can also bring in the Department of Justice right. in the sense of why wasn't this brought to our attention earlier? Because the accusations were out there that they knew about this before the election didn't say anything because it would have looked bad politically for Biden and the Democrats right before the midterms. Yeah, it's, yeah there you so go. So if that's the case, I mean, I think that's a perfect angle to go at. Why can't you bring it up? It's really an FBI investigation, but you're going to yeah. bring up the Trump raid. And why were all these Biden VP documents classified and unsecured? Why? And we know Biden's not going to be raided. None of his houses or vacation homes are going to be raided. No. But that's just that's the glaring difference between how Biden's treated mm-hmm. and Trump is treated. That just goes to show you the bias. Yeah. If you ever doubted it, just look at the situation. Two equal situations. Actually, Biden's worse because yeah. he's a sitting president. And you have two versus one. And still, you get nothing when it comes to him and actual you know, government agencies, federal agencies going after him in any way. Might be their opening. If they don't do anything, like I said, they're useless. But mm. maybe they will. I think they will. I think, that's, I think that's the way the tea leaves are eating. In the meantime, I don't know why Pepsi's been in the news so much this week. Pepsi Cola, it's the spot. Hasn't been too good either. <laughs> Had that bizarre story. I don't think there's anything to this, by the way, thinking about it for a day. The Chinese research study that linked Pepsi to male pattern baldness. It did sound kind of strange. But this is coming from Pepsi itself. Reaction's not been good so far. I guess there, I didn't know, there are diehard Sierra Mist fans? Sierra Mist became a pretty popular drink. It did. It's, it's been true. around for a long time now. I know it's really popular. It's been 23 years. I didn't realize it was that long. You know what I didn't realize either? They they introduced it to replace Slice. Remember Slice? I do remember Slice. It had it was a green can. Yes. And it had a lemon and a lime on it. And it was like sliced down the middle. Okay, but you said it there. It had a lemon and a lime on it. I remember that too. Yeah. Because it was supposed to be a citrusy flavor, right? Slice of citrus. Sure. Well, Sierra Mist is being replaced by something called Starry. Why? S-T-A-R-R-Y. Why are they doing that? Because... <laughs> The company says it has a higher citrus flavor and is true to fruit and more uh, aromatic than syrup. So, kind of sounds like Slice. <laughs> is this just old leftover Slice with a different label? I think it was. I think they found some Slice formula in the back closet. And like, hey, can we bring this back with just with a different name? It could have been New Slice. Good New Slice. Right. Gen Z Slice. I don't know. Slice of Life? Starry. It just doesn't have that ring like... 
I don't know if it'll ever be a mixed drink. I, I don't think I can get used give to... A, give me a Crown Royal and Starry. That's what I'm saying, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I don't think I, I can get used to like going to a restaurant, because that's pretty much what I drink soda, or you know, like it's Thanksgiving or something, we buy soda for the table for everybody yeah. to have. And I'll it's like, yeah, we get a Sprite. Oh, is Sierra Mist okay? Sure. Now it's going to be, is Starry okay? That's going to take some getting used to, I think. Kind of sounds like you have to like turn in your man card yeah, and you yeah. order a star. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, can I get the Pepsi version of Sprite? <laughs> <laughs> Just say that. And instead. I don't know if it has caffeine, but it's going to be both regular and sugar-free versions. I think it's kind of like uh, Sierra Mist didn't have caffeine, right? See, I need, right. I need the bump. If I'm going to drink soda, I need caffeine. Got to have something in there. I got you. It's already rolling out, I guess, in grocery and convenience stores. We found out from one of our super uh, uh, listeners, Dave. Dave. Who let, let us know. That uh, he saw it in a uh, convenience store already. He's seen it in the wild? He saw it, yeah. Story. It's see, out there. See, if you, okay, Dave, if you're still listening, you got to get some and give it a taste test. That's true. Yeah, you got to give us a, a taste test and let us know. Is this how, how is it comparable to Sierra Mist and Sprite? You're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to take the hit and order a Starry. <laughs> Starry and Jack. Give me a six pack of Starry. Yeah. I guess Sierra Miss's sales have been declining. It was never able to compete against Sprite, made by Coke, and they wanted something new to appeal to younger Gen Z customers. Well, there's your reasoning. There you go. All right. I think it's I think it's just new slice. It sure sounds like I'm it. Just saying. <laughs> All right. Sadly, we lost Jeff Beck, but some heartfelt and pretty awesome condolences are coming in from some pretty famous people. We'll talk about that. And do you need another excuse to go to Vegas? Everybody does, right? Universal is coming to Vegas. On the Vegas Strip. Did you hear about this? No, I haven't actually. Oh, it's going to be huge. Okay. And more coming up next, the South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. More news. Karen's putting that together right now. You almost done? You almost ready? You got 12 yeah. minutes. Not to pressure. I got the top of the, of the hour locked and loaded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're good. Look at you go. I know. And it's Thursday, I know, but I, I want to talk about this wild card game on Sunday between the Bills and the Dolphins. Sure. Yes. Sunday at 1? Yes. Sunday at 1. Yeah. Okay. How's the weather, by the way? Yeah. Uh, sunny, sunny and cold. Yeah. Okay, so it's in Uffleblow. It is. It's oh, up boy. there. It's uh, like basically like mid twenties, but it's uh, high twenties, but sunny. It's manageable. Yeah, okay. it's like spring in Buffalo. Yeah, for real. Wow. Okay, so Tua Tagovailoa is not playing. Mm. Correct. He's still in concussion protocol. So, and you got Teddy Bridgewater with his pinky injury. So, rookie Skylar Thompson, though, I I was studying him in the last game, which they won. Karen's watching film. No wait. They yeah. did one, yeah. They yeah. beat the Jets, yeah. Can't even remember. Uh, so he does like a shell game in the but he doesn't throw the ball a lot. But back in the back, he like pretends to hand the ball to somebody, and then he like flips it to somebody else. You never know where the ball is. It's kind of fun. Well, I think it's they worked in the run pass option, the RPO. Is that what that is? Oh yeah, yes, he's good at it's that. An RPO. Yeah. It is. But he's very good at it, right? The sleight of hand. Well, he's thing. good. Yeah, he's got he's good practice as far as you know the RPO offense because he was at Kansas State and they do run some RPO there. <laughs> So he was. That's why he he did so well in the preseason for the Dolphins because he was kind of used to that I style see. of offense. Aha. So but they were all, they were also playing the motions. Jets, who on at halftime were making golf reservations. The Jets for <laughs> the offseason. So <laughs> Jets are not good. You also noticed that like there was no one in the stands at the Dolphins game. Did no, you notice that? No, no, it was full. Uh, well, then what am I seeing? I'm I don't seeing know. like a lot of empty seats compared <laughs> with like the Patriots. Well, I mean, it's different uh, fan base. Well, different. Mode of fan base. I mean, they're, I guess they're standing room only at these games, not at that art at the Rock. I, it was like concessions are longer. <laughs> I know that much. So if you watch at the beginning of like yeah. the kickoff, the first half and the second half, it's usually pretty empty. Oh, 
who I, that's I do know what that. it is. Well, know, it was, it people was, are yeah, it was packed there on Sunday. Look at me beer. defending doll fan. They're, they're, buying, yeah. they're your people, Diener. You chime in. They're buying beer. Got it. Oh, and by the way, Demar Hamlin could be on the sideline because he's out of the hospital. They they said he was out of the hospital over the weekend, but he wasn't. They transferred him to another hospital. I am curious to see if if they do that. Oh, you're gonna have a video message. Oh yeah. Many of them. And don't get me wrong, I'm happy to see he's well and he's home and he's recovering, but it's the last thing the Dolphins need is another shot of adrenaline and inspiration for the Bills going to this game. They don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Can you just leave him alone for, for one day? He's come so far, he's on the injury list as questionable. <laughs> <laughs> he could return before Tua. Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, Sorry. oh no! Yeah, but he, I can see him holding the Lombardi Trophy if they win the Super Bowl. Sure. The Bills. Yeah. I saw one Dolphins fan put out. Don't worry, guys. Two is going to play next week against the Chiefs. I'm like, I like that thinking. It's very hopeful. Not going to happen, but very hopeful. Oh, you know. Wow. All right. Get better, Tua. Yeah. Get that more coming up. All right. Thank you, Karen. By the way, Demar is. Uh, they say him, but it's really his agent and his. You know, the marketing people because all players have him. Uh, filed for trademark rights to two phrases. Did we win? Which is what he, that was the first words he wrote, right. communicated when he came out of the, you know, the, the tube. And three is back. Couldn't get the number three, though. I had to write out three. Interesting. Yeah. I know that they were doing something, raising money for the uh, the hospital itself and research for the hospital that he was at, you mm-hmm. see there. Um, but I don't know what else they're going to be doing as far as those trademarks are concerned. Oh, t-shirt sales. <laughs> oh, absolutely. With I guess his image so, right? on it, Absolutely. And that goes right to him. And if he returns to the game, three is back is going to be the thing. Right. Well, he's fi- He's going to be great, though. It's a great story. It Love is. it. They'll have the video message or him on the sideline. Do you need so many signs in the stands? I don't think anymore. That, that's when you think he's going to die. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anymore. Now we know he's going to be okay, and it's an and incredible it's a, story. It's a great story. Sure. But... You know, now you start looking forward to the game. Let's let's get back into the game a little bit now. <laughs> Diener's like, can we bring the hate? Can I, I, I say that as a Dolphin fan, hoping for a miracle on Sunday yeah. that they can win this game somehow. All right, well, you never know. Yeah, I guess. Well, no miracles here. This was just so sad. We lost Jeff Beck, legendary guitarist, uh, just yesterday. A quick, quick uh, passing, too. He got bacterial meningitis, apparently. Two-time member of the Rock Hall of Fame, member of the Yardbirds, and as a solo artist, he also won seven Grammys. He had worked with almost everybody, succeeded Eric Clapton in the Yardbirds, and he was followed up by Jimmy Page. How's that for a band? <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, man, we lost Clapton. Who can we get? Oh, we got this guy, Jeff Beck. Oh, we lost Jeff Beck. Who can we get? Oh, we got this guy, Jimmy Page. <laughs> I don't know what rock would be without the Yardbirds. I swear to God. Amazing. Uh, formed the Jeff Beck Group. He found Rod Stewart and wow. Ronnie Wood, brought them to prominence. Uh, Rod Stewart, one of those... Offering really, truly heartfelt condolences. And I think he was with the best. He goes, just thank you for my life. Thank you for everything. It's a good way to put it, yeah. It was an amazing I heard uh, Jeff Beck tell the story once, too, about Rod Stewart, how unbelievably stage shy he was at first. Really? He used to hide behind the the amps and sing. Oh, no. And, Je- and Jeff Beck goes, at some point, he goes, we were doing a club gig once, starting this band, and I came behind the the, the amps, and I said, come on, you got to come out at some time. <laughs> <laughs> and you wouldn't th- you wouldn't think of Rod Stewart having stage fright. But, no, yeah. guess he got over it at some point with all the dancing and the the, the tight pants. I guess. For ah, what a loss though. That stinks. It is. It really and is. Good news. You're looking for an excuse to get to Vegas. Of course you are. You like Universal Studios. Of course you do. Universal is planning a new horror themed experience in Sin City. Oh, permanent. So this is like a version of Halloween Horror Nights, but bring it to mm-hmm. Vegas as a permanent feature. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
The uh, company on Wednesday announced plans for the Las Vegas attraction located in the city's, I guess they have an Area 15 Entertainment District. Hmm. I don't know what that is. It must be new. Universal also announced a new theme park outside of Dallas. Oh. Universal must be doing pretty well. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. I mean, talk about some expansion there. Wow. I mean... Good for them. they got LA. They've had Hollywood a long time. Universal yeah. Orlando's been huge, but this... Vegas horror experience, but I guess it's a full-on Universal Studios Dallas. That's pretty cool. Wait, wow. so you're talking like a new Universal Studios park in Texas? Yep. That's a pretty big deal. It's a huge deal. So, I mean, because you went west and east, and now you can just go right smack dab in the middle of Texas. It's called Universal Jerry World. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> now, not to be outdone, I, there are rumors from Disney that they're looking at building some new parks, like new themed parks. Here? A, a fifth park. Yes. They've talked about that for a while. They have. You know what the rumor's been for a while? A thrill park. Yeah, that's true. At Disney. I don't know what. I don't know what. I've always thought they should build a park and bring back all of the old things that they got rid of. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Call it Old Disney. Old Disney. Yes. Disney Nostalgia World. That's right. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, yeah. The classics. Yes. Wow, that'd be amazing. Did you hear Bob Iger, too? Bob, who's back? Yeah. He apparently is insisting on all Disney employees get back into work. No That's more remote right. learning. That was a big deal. Remote working, I working, should say. Working, yeah. Wow, how about that? All right, we got more headlines coming up next. Are they really holding true to this? They think it was one corrupted file that shut down all air travel yesterday? One? I got to tell you, the more and more we talk about this, the more I'm starting to not believe what they're saying. Man, I tell you. And we got some Florida hopes to talk about, too. All next, the South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. It's the South Florida Morning Show with Jennifer Ross and Bill Adams on News Talk 850 WFTL. We're not prepared to rule that out. There hasn't been any indication of that. Uh, FBI has spoken to this, and uh, of course, FAA is looking uh, closely at that as well as they work to see exactly what was going on inside the files that were in this system. There's Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg. He is the transportation secretary, by the way. That was his big press conference after the grounding of all airplanes domestically for the first time since 9-11. That turned out to be true. We asked the question, has this ever happened? Nope, not since then. Yeah, that's right. We were asking on the air, too. I mean, we were kind of thinking out loud while all this was going on yesterday, and we thought, wait, has this happened since 9-11? And then, sure enough, it came out first time since then. I don't understand his statement there, because... Well, he answered, you know, questions from the press. That's exactly why that happened. It, it's two statements before 9 a.m. yesterday, 24 hours ago. The White House itself and the FAA both ruled out the possibility of cyber attacks. We were on the air with it, they were, and they were confident as hell. Just by him saying that, that they can't rule it out, brings up more questions about that concept. Yeah, exactly. Why even say it? I don't know. I mean, they, they, they put it out there. And it's just mixed messaging all the time from this administration where they can't stick to one, ex- you know, excuse, explanation, whatever you want to say. Man. And then you have uh, your transportation secretary there who obviously doesn't know what he's doing, who's terrible at his job. I mean, this isn't the first disaster that Pete Buttigieg has had to preside over because of his ineptitude to, you know, have some forethought and actually uh, prevent things like this happening or help to prevent things like this from happening. Instead, he comes out and says, well, we haven't ruled it out. So which one is it? Was it a cyber attack or wasn't it? And I got to tell you, the more we talk about it, the more they say, well, it was a corrupted file. I start thinking, 
I think you're all full of BS. No, I don't know. Yeah, that that all that did was create more doubt. They should for something a statement that serious, and, and now you've got people you know scared of that. This is the nation's flight like grid. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right. Shut down for possibly a cyber attack. They haven't ruled it out, so I can say possibly. Now you got people questioning that. At the very least, the White House should have said, "Listen, we already downplayed it. Don't bring it up. Don't say. Just say. Just wordcraft around this and say there's no evidence of it." He exactly. comes out and says, "Well, we can't rule it out." And that that we can't be sure. So when you say something like that, it opens up a whole new set of questions. Well, what do you mean it can't be ruled out? Is there any evidence to the contrary? Is the FBI investigating? Is the Department of Justice looking into this? And oh, you know, all of a sudden, something that was kind of, you know. Pushed down a little bit when it came to the talk of cyber attack, bubbles back up again because he brings up the possibility, well, we haven't ruled it out. Okay, so what is it? We can't be sure. <laughs> uh, so here's what we know post-mortem, 24 hours after the fact that they're talking about. They think a single corrupted file caused it, like you said, hmm. which one single file, single, tanked the primary and backup systems, allegedly, reportedly. Still looking at how it got corrupted, but said again there was no evidence of a cyber attack. FAA knew there was a problem on Tuesday afternoon. This is interesting, isn't it? Gosh. Only way to fix it was by rebooting the whole system. Like when you show up to work and all of a sudden your laptop says, Windows 10 needs update. No. (laughs) They decided to do it early yesterday morning, right? Sure. Well, uh, do the update. We can't delay it any longer. (laughs) Do you think this flight system with the FAA has the same thing we do? Reboot now or remind me at a later time. Yeah, that's right. Remind me later. And you do the drop-down window do it, yeah. four hours. <laughs> so right. so they reboot it in the morning, hoping a prayer. They uh, cross their fingers and toes, and, well, it, it took a little longer than they thought it would. That's that's what happened. It was an actual reboot. So here's my question, right? <laughs> so they, they reboot all this. I get it. Corrupted file. They, they notice it. They have to reboot the whole system, get it working again. Yeah. Would that not be a perfect way? I'll put on my conspiracy hat real quick. Maybe it's not even conspiracy anymore. Would it be? Would it not be a perfect way to shut down the air system grid? Sure is. You know what I oh, mean? Absolutely, it's, it is. It's very simple. Yep. You have one corrupt file that will shut down a very seldom talked about communication system because it's not like they went into the computer systems and shut down airplanes. No. You know what I mean? No. This was a very uh, kind of obscure communication system that the user pilots let them know about air hazards. Somebody would know that that is an important communication system, important enough to that you cannot fly without it, even though it's not really talked about. And here's, you know, I have seen this. It's not coming from us. I'm just getting this out of the way right now. Some people have also speculated. At some point, you've got to reset a system. Why not do it early on a Tuesday? Right. You would think so, right? Right. Uh, excuse me, early on a Wednesday. So make it a Middle little... of the week, least travel day of the week, even yeah. though it caused a nightmare. They knew it would. Or if you wanted to get attention to get funding for a new system. I'm just throwing it out there. These are, these are all the conspiracy theories that are out there. Because this particular system, even though they've updated it as far as hardware, it's been around since 1947. Oh, jeez. It's all online, <laughs> but it used to be phone-based. Really? They're calling for an overhaul, obviously. Buttigieg did say he agreed yesterday during that press conference, it's the right time. To talk about it, make sure it doesn't happen again. A former VP at American said there are local issues sometimes, but they've never had anything like this. It was, here's his quote, pretty significant historically. Wow. It's never had a shutdown like this. That's ever. what I'm saying. It feels like that type of perfect scenario, that system where somebody who's in the know mm-hmm. or, you know, an adversary who know a, a, a weak spot, 
that would seem like the perfect weak spot to attack because it's not going to cause, and you know, you're not damaging anything as far as actual property, but you're shutting down a system that planes can't fly without. So I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Canada had its own issues with their system that's similar to the NOTAM. Went down a few hours later, but their backup worked. See, and that makes me wonder, too. How does that happen on the same day? I don't know. Just, man. They're also ruling out a cyber attack. Don't know. Don't know. Gotta tell you, something's fishy. You know what's so funny? This is the kind of thing they were worried about with Y2K. Right, With updates. Yes, But that didn't happen. Everything was fine, but this did. Yeah. Because of allegedly, a single file corrupted thing caused a shutdown, and they had to reboot it and didn't come back on time. Did they? They literally. Is there going to be ever be video of like literally? There's a circle like on an update for I'm the mainframe you. coming up. It has like the little update bar says 45 minutes remaining. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's 6 a.m. The guy's like, "Come on! Oh. It's been a 45 minutes for two hours." Some some IT guys. Why didn't I take today off? <laughs> Why is it me? Oh my gosh! So that's happening. We don't know if we're ever going to get uh, get a straight word on that thing. I don't think we will. But I mean, just you know, this is weeks after the Southwest disaster. Which, yeah, you know, which happened with people just grounded for for days on end and thousands of flights canceled. It's just a, it's a mess. In the meantime, we've got this viral video going around. If you can get up in the air, <laughs> this flight attendant has settled the 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 long issue of who gets the armrest when you're in the middle seat. Does the middle seat person get both? Just gonna tell you right now. She says yes. If you are sitting in the middle, you get both armrests. Don't be that person who's sitting at the window, who gets the window, plus this outer armrest, and then takes the middle armrest. Middle gets middle armrest. She sounds pretty sure of herself. All right, that's a, uh, I guess, a revelation for some people who felt like if you're on the inside or the outside, that's right. you felt entitled to at least one of those. That's right. No. So Middle if only. If you're arguing with somebody, like, have the video ready to go. Excuse me, that's my... No, oh, didn't you, you hear the video? you in the middle, you get both armrests. Don't... She said it, lady. I like it. The unwritten rules of flight are very, uh, very serious. People take them very seriously. Well, because, I mean, just, you know, flight etiquette has gotten so bad. It's led to yeah. so many different things. Like, people putting their, like, long hair over your your monitor thing. And right. People taking off shoes. That should be instant jail time, though. You take off... <laughs> You take off your shoes, you have bare feet on a plane, you go right to jail when you land. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> have you seen that a few times? Have you come across it? I haven't personally. There's no. been all kinds of stuff on social media of it, though. You find all kinds of Twitter things of that. That's disgusting. What's the worst air, airline etiquette you've come across in your in your travels? Somebody opened up some dis, the most foul-smelling sandwich I've ever oh. smelled in my life. It polluted the whole plane. What was it, it was like sardines? A three hour, I don't know. It was so bad. Jeez. And they're like, no. Didn't do anything. I mean, you can't do anything at that point. It's on board in a, oh. in a sealed, you know, uh, pressurized cabin. You yeah. can't escape that smell. Three-hour flight? Oh, it was awful. Oh, no. Just absolutely awful. Did they have any shame? I mean, did they no. put the sandwich away? No. Ate the whole thing, didn't they? Absolutely. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Just sitting there stinking. <laughs> God. Used Sorry. To, so it's What a difference, too. You used to look forward to, like, flying. Remember, piece, you ever look at even older movies? Not even that old from the mid '80s. People used to dress up, dress up to fly. Right. It's a big experience. You were all excited about it. Not so much nope, anymore. Nope. Going in flip flops and sweatpants. Believable. <laughs> all right, we've got uh, we've got a couple of Floridopes to save us. They've also made, I believe, the morning show blog. Have they not? They sure have. The Florid Dope of the Day. Hey man. 
Gotta tell you, they're dumb enough, but what really makes it the reason why they're making the list is because of the neighbors that chime in here at the end, because they're just fantastic. So there's a couple of thieves out of Central Florida, a couple of burglars that have been terrorizing a particular neighborhood. I don't know if whether it's a, a section of town or it's a subdivision, I'm not exactly sure what, but it is Orlando. And they've been looking for these guys. Two guys in their 30s, finally arrested last Thursday, and we're getting the story now. They committed multiple burglaries. Caught because... Their truck didn't have a license plate. It just had a cardboard sign that said, <laughs> stolen tag. Guys, man, I swear. You know, you don't want to offend the DMV. No, no, no. So that's what got attention, and that was the identifying feature, I guess, that neighbors had reported and what the cops actually looked for. So they say the pickup was spotted by witnesses outside several houses where the, they occurred. They noticed the sign. Police alerted. They tracked down the truck right away on the highway, like right away, and pulled it over. When they searched it, Stolen items, a lot of it, including a lot of expensive jewelry, as well as a handgun. Men are now facing multiple charges. Grand theft of burglary. It's not the first time either. They have previous convictions for theft on their records. Here's the police officer at first talking about it, but then secondly, the awesome neighbor with the wrap-up and what we're all thinking about this. I couldn't make out the uh, tags. Maroon pickup list. It looks like it's got a uh, cardboard tag. People who commit crimes like these are not the sharpest tools in the shed. Thank you, sir. <laughs> that guy is the best. Yeah, thanks for getting my jewelry back. I was going to say, I love his, his uh, presentation, too. He's not the sharpest tools in the shed. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm going back in. Wapner's on. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with you. Wapner's on. This is from uh, local Orlando station who had the story. Was it Wesh? Was it EAC? No. What, Wesh? No, it wasn't Wesh this time. Okay. It was one of the other affiliates. Oh, God. <laughs> well, they caught them. You know, yes. I would think if you were a burglar, though, you'd pr- try to be, like, a- at least conspicuous as you could possibly be. Not these guys. It's so funny. I mean, really, what leads you to that? What leads you to, oh. hey, you know what? Uh, we don't have tags in here. Let's just throw stolen tags so they know. You're asking to get arrested. There's no tag on it. His accomplice is like, What are you nuts? (laughs) You got to put on there at least that we're applying for a tag. Come on. Can't go without a tag on there. Maybe they at least could have put, like, you know, missing tags. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, no tags yet. I don't know. Stolen. Hey, hey, we stole this truck. We (laughs) (laughs) might as well. Ask me how. Yeah, right. How's my driving? 1 800. All right, got more headlines coming up next. uh, The Golden Globes were very lowly rated, and they've offended the Whitney Houston family. Well, I'm offended that the show is even on, so there's that. Wow. We got that and more coming up next. Oh, by the way, the weirdest story, and it's kind of sports-related, too, has popped up. Do you remember that show, Malcolm in the Middle? Oh, sure. Frankie Muniz? Yeah, yeah. Muniz? Uh, Frankie Muniz? Yeah. That kid? He's an official NASCAR driver now. He is? He's going to be in the Daytona 500. Child star Frankie Muniz? I didn't see this coming. Kidding. No. It's coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. I don't know how this is going to go, Diener. There's a uh, protest planned. As you can imagine, outside of the NC2A's conference, it's about to kick off. Really? There's strong speculation from some of the protesters. And maybe they're just trying to, like, you know, get some attention for their cause, which they actually should. There's speculation that the NC2A is going to approve and keep in place transgender athletes from com- competing uh, against women. There's uh, like like officially approve it, make it a thing. That's the rumor. Now that has not happened from the NC2A. Riley Gaines, you know the swimmer, 
She has uh, protested against this. She's one of the main organizers of the conference protest. The silent majority, 95% of the country, I'd say, knows that men and women are different and women deserve protected categories. Women should not have to compete or compare themselves or change in a locker room with biological men. Conference is going to happen in San Antonio. They're protesting this week over the rules allowing transgender sports participation. She's just one of the people. She feels that uh, permitting athletes with masculine bodies to compete will undermine the integrity of women's sports and flat out is unsafe in some sports. You want to talk about wrestling? There is so many bad things when it it comes to this. But one of the things that is just really something when it comes to me for the NCAA, this is self-sabotage because approving something like this would absolutely destroy for good, women's sports. Well, after all this time of propping up things like Title IX. That's what I can't understand. You know, and, and, and equality when it right. comes to men's and women's sports, having the same resources for women's sports as the men get. And then you're going to approve biological men to compete against women? I hope their protest has an effect. I really do. Uh, or they're I mean, just—they're afraid it's going to happen. She's, she says she's more confident than ever that they're going to approve it permanently, and I really hope not. That would be awful, an awful, awful thing for them to do that. Stop with the wokeness. Stop bowing to the 1% and get some common sense for once. She's right about that, too. I agree with her. Uh, She said about she thinks the silent majority is like 95%. The silent majority, 95% of the country, I'd say, knows that men and women are different and women deserve protected categories. As long as this has raged over the past two, three, four, even four years... I've never heard anybody not outraged by this. Anybody in real life, online, yeah. even liberals. Honest to God. But I will, I will ask my question I've asked a million times every time we've talked about this. Where are the feminists? Where did they go? I don't know. Where did they go? They did a great job getting, title, like you said, Title IX approved. Sure. Funding, equality for women's sports and all this other stuff. Where are the, the where, they just disappeared and they fell off the face of the planet. When it comes time to actually protect the biggest threat to women's sports is right. happening right now. Where'd they go? Perfect example. I would say someone like Billie Jean King. That's who I thought of, too. You know? Right. Really nice woman. Done, done a lot of great things for, for women in sports. But why aren't you speaking up on this? You're still looked at as a leader when it comes to women's rights in sports. and Or like, you know, Megan Rapino. I know we're not big fans of her. But you're telling me you're not going to speak up when it comes to... Having making sure that it's biological women versus biological women, you're telling me and Megan Rapino would want to go against yeah. a biological male in in the World Cup? I don't think so. How do you not, you know? And you've you've stood up for women's rights, whatever it is, equality for all these years. If you your your argument means nothing if you don't stand up against this. Exactly. They're co-opting your they're co-opting your you know place in sports. Yes. They're delegitimizing it, and they're also taking opportunities away from you. Okay, if it's legal, you know you're going to have athletic directors and coaches going, well, I've got to go with the nine transgenders on the volleyball team. Of course. Of course I'm going to. We're going to win, we're going to win titles. My contract's on the line. Of course. It's a huge competitive advantage. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the, the irony of the situation has always been fascinating to me because here you have, like you said, right, the, the staunch feminist groups who will fight tooth and nail for women's rights but when it comes to actually fighting for women, they find themselves backed into a corner because their base also are for trans rights. So they say, well, trans rights are women's rights. So you don't mind actual biological women getting absolutely squashed in sports and ruining female sports. That's the corner they back themselves into. I honestly think there's a strong connection here 
to they saw what happened to J.K. Rowling, you know the the Harry Potter sure. writer, because she stood. Now this is a far left liberal entertainment writer, yeah. right? Far left, sure. Hates Trump. She does. But stood up for women and said this is wrong in this issue and in other things and said women's right, women need to be recognized as women. She and she pushed the there are only two genders thing. Yep. Her own the left base attacked her so viciously. Yep. Not like she cares. She's loaded anyway, but sure. still. So I, I honest to God, I think a lot she's been the strongest voice to protect women's rights. I think a lot of the the, the feminist sports leaders looked at that and they're they're scared to death Someone, of the trans man. mob. They are. Someone's got to stand up. It's not right. I hope that doesn't happen. And I hope, like the swimmer there said, you know, the 95% silent majority stand up and make sure this does not happen because that's the end of women's sports. Goodbye. Kiss you, goodbye. You'd, you'd kill it after yes. all this progress they made. And she, in fact, she said that. She says, this organization, the NC2A, now is your time to step up. You could have a man who just says, identify as a woman, and that qualifies them to compete in the females category. Yep. Something to keep an eye on because this is going to be the first... If they're publicizing their protest over the conference in San Antonio for this week, or actually I guess it's setting up for tomorrow to go into next week, I'd watch for this. Never forget that Leah Thomas was a bottom-tier male swimmer before all of a sudden identifying as a, as a trans woman, and then she goes and wins national title. Give me a break, okay? That, that's, that's the danger with this. You can have guys who can't make a team or, you know, or is third string, second string, know they're never going to start, and if they're desperate enough... All of a sudden, well, I identify as a woman. And they're going to go out there and dominate. Whether it's swimming, gymnastics, soccer, volleyball, anything. anything. Pick, pick any sport. Right. Basketball. You know what's going to wind up happening, and it won't happen yet? They're going to be, there's going to be a third category. I mean, and you know what? If you want to have trans sports, fine. Fine. But don't put them in there with biological women. No, it's not. It's, it's, that is the most unfair thing in sports. It's not no. right. <laughs> and they need more. It can't just be her. And it can't just be people who lost title to trans swimmers or anybody else. It's got to be some of these historical legacy, you know, female sports leaders. The right. feminists. They have to stand. That You have to stand up and do the right thing. I would you love, have to. It's not going to happen. But I would love to see someone like Billie J. King stand up and say, this isn't right to, to women who are trying to advance themselves in female sports. God. It isn't. It would Is be the nice. trans mob that powerful? I guess so. Or I guess they, they're so ingrained in Hollywood now, they're, afro- they're so afraid of being canceled. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, somebody else has made a team. I didn't see this coming. Do you remember that show, Malcolm in the Middle? You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. Yeah, I remember that one. Big in the 90s. <laughs> it was. Uh, the star from that show, Frankie Muniz. Muniz? Yeah. Muniz. 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 Yeah. Yeah, now I got it. He's <laughs> the kid that made all the weird faces. He was a TV star. He's becoming a full-time NASCAR racer. This has shocked me. It's an honest-to-God story. The Malcolm in the Middle star said that he is racing full-time this NASCAR season behind the wheel of a Ford Mustang for Rhett Jones Racing, starting next month at Daytona. So he's going to race in the, in the Daytona in the Monday. race. You're kidding me. No. Or wow. at least to qualify. Well, that's pretty cool. He's 37. He looks forward, he says, to demonstrating his ability on the track, showing just how serious he is about racing. You know, and it's funny because now that you bring this up, I remember a story about him getting into stock car racing and he kind of like worked his way up. Oh, good for him if he did. He's 37 now. And I, I didn't know that he stuck with it. I mean, it was like a story I heard a few years back and I completely forgot about it. But now you bring it up again, it kind of resurfaced and I remember him getting into racing. And so I guess he stuck with it and worked his way up to the NASCAR circuit. Good for him. That's pretty cool. He's got a team. 
So, I mean, they're sponsoring him. I, I still has to qualify and all that stuff, but still. How about Malcolm in the Middle winning the uh, Daytona 500? <laughs> yeah, it would be the best. I hope we have that story. Imagine you got guys who race in like 20 years. It's their dream to win the, the, the uh, Daytona. And then you got, you got Malcolm in the Middle winning the thing. <laughs> Well, the number for, number 954 that today, uh, Penn's Oil Ford didn't do too well against that Malcolm in the Middle kid. <laughs> Does this mean Brian Cranston might make an appearance at the uh, Daytona 500? Oh, please. That would be fantastic. Yeah, he, was, he was the dad in that show. Please let that happen. Nice. All right. Well, good. That's pretty cool. That's, by the way, weeks away. You know what? We're weeks yeah. away from Daytona. You're right. Yeah. Geez, what is that, about a month away? Talk about sports. That is one that needs a rebound. Yes, it does. NASCAR took a hit over the past couple of years. And we thought it was going to be, remember when baseball was shut down for a while and football was screwed up? Mm -hmm. We thought this was the time for NASCAR because they had their races, you know? Everything was running. Ooh, didn't go well for them. Everything happened with the Bubba Wallace stuff. That was not, that was a huge PR nightmare for them. Yeah, it went downhill after that. All right, in the meantime, changing gears for a little bit. Coming up next, it looks as though, speaking of the 90s, like that, Malcolm in the Middle story. Everything is coming up 90s nostalgia as far as food and clothing and merchandise. And you know going to talk to us about that? John Matarese, our Consumer Reports expert. Yeah. He's going to come in next to talk about it. Uh, stick around. The South Florida Morning Show next. Well, we were just talking about this just the other day. A couple of different examples. It seems as though, just like you remember a couple of years ago, all the nostalgia stuff was all about the 80s. I think we've moved on. I think now they're trying to, all the marketing companies are trying to reach out to people who were just becoming adults in the 90s and then spend your money on 90s things. Well, speaking of spend your money, let's save some money. John Matarits, our Consumer Reports expert, and from Don't Waste Your Money segment on uh, WPTV, News Channel 5. John, it's all about the 90s now. Are we crazy or is that like a real trend? No, it is all about the 90s. It's amazing. All these 90s fashion trends uh, that you probably threw away or gave to the Salvation Army or Goodwill yeah. last year, uh, they're all making, all making a comeback. Uh, according to the latest reports, and if you check out what the young people are, are wearing at the mall and at uh, high school, it, it's, it's really interesting. And the 90s were, if you think about it, were pretty cool because it was the grunge era. Right. It was the era of Pearl Jam and Nirvana. And what did they wear? They wore the untucked flannel shirts. They wore the torn denim and the Doc Martin boots. All of that is making a comeback for this year. Well, that sounds easy, except they'll make those. Those used to be cheap clothes. Now they're trendy. So now they'll raise the prices, right? right. right? Yeah, now you go to the mall and that flannel shirt that used to be like, uh, you know, 20 bucks. Yeah. Like 80 bucks now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But that's, uh, that's making a comeback. That whole 90s grunge look is making a comeback. Now, the good news is the 80s are not making a comeback. So that means <laughs> that, Bill. Your uh, your members only jacket yeah. and your Michael Jackson gloves and your parachute pants yeah. like MC Hammer. That's not making a comeback. So you keep that in your closet for now. See, my parachute pants just came in from Amazon too, so now I got to put them away again. Man, it's not a good deal. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But the whole '90s looks, uh, platform shoes for women, uh, high waisted pants, uh, all of that. Making a comeback in 2023. Here's another thing to watch out for, too. Obviously, fashion leads the way. You know, things you can actually wear. But I'm noticing this at fast food restaurants, too. We, here at the Morning Show, we just got a notice from uh, Pizza Hut, of all places. They're bringing back some of their food items from the 90s. That Remember that big New Yorker? That's coming back, too. It's been, yeah. like, 25 years. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So you're going to find some of the uh, fast food restaurants bringing back some of the things you remember. And you're like, oh, wow, mm. I haven't seen that in... 
I haven't seen that in years. So uh, that'll be that'll be fun too. You can wear you can wear your Doc Martens and your grunge as you uh, as you go check out some of these fast food places. So I guess that's what we're going to be spending our tax refunds on this year is '90s stuff. But unfortunately, what you're saying is those may be smaller this year. That's not good news. Yeah, tax refunds going to be smaller. The IRS says that last year the average refund was three thousand two hundred dollars. Uh, that was that was up quite a bit over the pandemic. Uh, they say this year it might get back to more normal, where it's like twenty four hundred dollars for the tax refund. You say, well, why is that? Why is the tax refund going down? Because right now we need money more than anything. You know, right. with inflation and prices are up. Uh, the problem is that all those uh, pandemic era uh, stimulus programs they're gone. You know, the stimulus check that we got in 2021, they're over, so you can't claim anything there. Uh, last year was that child tax credit. Lots of people oh, yeah. uh, put that on their taxes because if you had kids, got that bonus money, the child tax credit, that is gone, too. You can't claim that this year. So all those pandemic uh, bonuses that you were able to claim at tax time are finished. Also a big one, most people, and they're talking about 90% of people, will not be able to deduct charitable contributions. Oh, wow. That means we're talking about those MC Hammer pants. Those <laughs> MC Hammer pants that, that you donated to the Salvation Army. Uh, you know, normally you, you deduct all that. You know, I donated all this clothing. Right. I donated a kid's bicycle. Uh, and, and then I gave money to my church. I gave money to United Way. I gave money to charity. I gave money to Hurricane Ian victims. You know, all those things that you gave money to. You won't be able to deduct that on your taxes this year. Oh, wow. uh, that, that's a big change from last year. Yeah, you have to itemize. Yeah. You have to itemize to take the deductions for charity. And the problem is they're saying that now the way the laws are written, 90% of people don't itemize. Uh, it doesn't really even work to do that unless you have a lot of medical deductions. So uh, for a lot of people, they won't look at that charitable break, and that means, hey, my tax refund is smaller. And be careful what you do try to claim, because they've got those 87,000 new IRS agents that they hired. So, they're, you know, they're not oh, coming. that's right. They're not going after the 1%, John. They're going after you and me. So be careful. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. All looking at uh, anything we try to claim. So keep that paperwork. That would say, Bill. Don't waste your money. Absolutely. That's the name of the segment. Our news partner, WPTV News Channel 5. But also, everything John talks about, well, most of it anyway, we find online, all over social media. Where do we find you there? Yeah, that's John Mattery's Money on Facebook and on Instagram, and John Mattery's on Twitter for a daily consumer alert. All right, beautiful. I'm going to go try to return my parachute pants, and we'll talk to you in a week. All right, coming up next, a couple more headlines. And do you have FOSI? A fear of saying yes? We're going to get to this coming up next. The South Florida Morning Show. Keep it here. The South Florida Morning Show. News Talk 850 WFTL. Hey, don't forget about this. You probably got your tickets already. One point. They're saying one and a half billion for tomorrow, by the way. Ooh, is that, is that like the new speculation? Not, not the official you know, estimate, which is still 1.3, but they're all saying it's going to be one and a half. Wow, just because of the, uh, the amount of traffic... Going to buy the tickets. Yeah, we figured, right? I mean, we yeah. kind of figured it was going to go to at least 1.4. Get your tickets early and often. 1.4 billion. It's funny to see Killian start to realize what this stuff is because I'm, I'm sitting at the table last night. I'm like, oh, I never did check the tickets. I see if we at least won like five bucks or something, you know? Right. So I'm sitting there looking. He's like, oh, daddy, did you win? And I'm like, oh, it doesn't look like it. He goes, well, what's, you know, what's the grand prize? I said a billion dollars. He goes, can you give it to me if you win? <laughs> 
I said, sure. <laughs> Why not? No. Earn your keep, kid. <laughs> just, you know, just, just give it to me. Forget right, about sure. it. Spend it all on Pokemon cards. You probably. You would. So uh, <laughs> we got some good news to talk about. The news you probably heard already. Buffalo Bills uh, star Damar Hamlin is out of the hospital and uh, I think is actually home, isn't he? He is, yes. Now, yes. Diener thinks that means he's going to be on the sideline for the Dolphins-Bills game for uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock. I am absolutely convinced. <laughs> there is no report of this. There's no confirmation of this. I am just convinced because that's just the luck of the Dolphins. Not only do they not have their starting quarterback, but they're going to have incredible inspiration on the other side by having DeMar Hamlin out there. All right, at the very least, okay, if he doesn't make it to the game, he'll at least be a video message. You know y- that's going to happen. You would think so, right? Of course. Some type of message to start off the playoff run for them. Said before, just to get in the heads of Miami, because this this is the playoffs. Welcome to it. Yeah. Buffalo is going to put DeMar on the injured list as probable. Oh, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just to play with their heads. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. Some other good news to talk about, too. And this guy's gotten way less attention. But uh, Peyton Hillis. Former uh, former uh, running back for mostly the Cleveland Browns. He was a fullback. We got some great news out of him from Don Kleiman, who's an NFL reporter. He is on the road to recovery after an accident which in which he rescued his kids from drowning, I think it was off Pensacola Beach. It was, yeah. He was in critical condition and uh, remained in the ICU for an extended period. He's now off the ventilator, wow. and he's doing better, which is more amazing news. Thank God. That's great. Yeah, because you're right. It wasn't getting as you know nearly as much attention as Tamar Hamlin, which I get because you know Peyton Hillis is a retired player. Tamar Hamlin's thing happened on the field in the mm-hmm. national primetime game of Monday Night Football. Right. But this is a story of an, you know, a former NFL player who saved his kids from drowning in Almost died in the process, so thank God he's he's starting to get better. It, we, did, we, want, we did wonder. It's two kids. They're both fine. Totally fine and yeah. safe now. And it looks like he's going to be okay, too. Boy, that guy stepped up. That's a dad, that's, that's dad power right sure there. Sure is. Yeah, there was... Um Man, that's that's unbelievable. Because I was, it wasn't looking good for a while. They were saying he was really, he was on the, the ventilator for a week at least. Then it got quiet. It did. And that was that was really bad. News. They were saying right. they were worried about his kidneys. And I was like, ah, this doesn't look good. This is terrible. So I'm, I'm glad you heard that. That's that's really good. Man, I hope so. That would be awesome. All right. In the meantime, uh, way to go, Hollywood. You've uh, destroyed the Golden Globes, and you've got Whitney Houston's family upset at you. Hooray for Hollyweird! Not surprisingly, the Golden Globes tanked in the ratings, according to Nielsen. The lowest audience ever for the Golden Globes, just the other night, which weren't even on the previous year. Well, you could say they're up 100%. No, right? that's true. That's, you know, bright side. They're saying it may be one of the lowest rated award ceremonies of all time, plummeted to just 6.3 million people watching. Now, that sounds like a lot of people. If you put them all in one area, it'd be a huge amount of people. But in TV terms, that's basically nothing. Like, you're beating, you're getting beaten by, like, HGTV at that point. Yeah, that's... Man, that's rough. I didn't know it was that. We knew it was going to be low. We talked about the show yesterday. Number one, that it was on a Tuesday night. No one even knew that it was going to be on. I know. And, you know, these things used to be on Sunday night. They had a bunch of, uh, you know, hype behind them and all the promos. And this just, like, popped up on a Tuesday. So you'd figure. So what pulled in the 6.3 million people though? You'd figure it's a younger audience at least, right? Maybe because yeah. of the stars that were involved. And by the way, all the wokeness, which sure. apparently Gen Z is all into, and all that. No, not really. Didn't perform in the advertiser targeted 18 to 49 demo with a 1.1 rating. Oh man, that's like their key demo too. Wait, yeah, 18 to 49 in TV. Wow. And that was lower than. The 1.5 rating they got in that demo in 2021. Ouch. Two years ago. Wow. And 
they've ticked off the Whitney Houston estate. So uh, the the hosts of of the show, Gerard Carmichael, made this joke about Whitney, and it was kind of like it, he had a few of these that were just clunkers that just landed on deaf ears. This is what he said about that one. We are pressed for time, but they wanted me to shout out the venue that we're in. So we are here live from the hotel that killed Whitney Houston, the Beverly Hilton, uh, you guys. So uh, that's very exciting. Ouch. That didn't go well. No. <laughs> the only one that was worse was his Scientology joke. Yeah, that one was like... Nobody got well, that either. There was like one guy who laughed and everyone was just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe if Whitney's family had known that this thing was going to be so lowly rated, they wouldn't even pay attention to it. But they uh, made a statement. Her sister-in-law is Pat Houston, who's the executor of the estate. She said, quote, The Whitney Houston estate is disappointed in the joke and felt it was in poor taste. Yeah, well... Can't blame them for feeling that way. I guess. I mean, if, you know, if there's any solace for them, the show was uh, not seen by many people. So, at least in that sense, it wasn't really, you know, a very publicized joke. And what, you know, about 20 times that number are people who have seen that new Whitney Houston movie that's in theaters. Yeah, I've heard it's very I good. I want to dance. Yeah, so they don't care. They yeah. make all kinds of money off that. I got to say, though, two on the Golden Globes, real quick. Mm. I don't know if they're going to be around very long. And look, I know they're always going to give out the awards. You know, the Hollywood Foreign Press isn't going away by, by any means, but. I just don't see this being a TV production for much longer. Which it, And it was great TV back in the day. It was. The day wasn't 10 years ago, maybe. It was great. It was entertaining as hell. I see this moving to like some type of online streaming thing. Remember we talked about, what was, what was I think it was Miss America. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Miss America used to be huge, oh, it was right? Enormous. It was an event. And now that was, it was an event. It was on a few weeks ago. Nobody knows who won. <laughs> it was on some type of specialized pageant website that nobody knows it was, about. It was streamed. I'm telling you, I think that's the way. That, <laughs> that's the future of the Golden Globes. I got to tell you, and maybe most award shows. I don't know. They, they have to change something the way they do it. They just and all of them are sinking in the ratings. Just this one was especially bad. Yeah, and the woke stuff isn't working for them. But I think we know now that they're not going to listen. No, they're no, just, they don't uh, care. They have their <laughs> unless you live in L.A. Or New York, right? Or you're part of the, those communities. They ju- they don't care. They do not. They're not trying to reach out to you. They don't care if they get you. They're probably happy as hell because they have some number they can justify saying, "Well, in this particular community, in this demographic, we're doing great." That's oh, all yeah. they care about. Yeah, they're they're always going to point to something that's going to highlight their own agenda. So, they they live in their own little bubble. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of the bubble, this is the uh, kitchen drawer segment where we get to yes. things that we didn't quite make it during prime time, but we still want to kind of sort of talk about, but we have to also have to fill some time. That's what <laughs> this is. is all about. Rummage through and find something. Oh, there's that. I've been looking for that for weeks. Are you suffering from FOSI? Maybe. This is the new thing we're whining about. <laughs> Over half of adults are dealing with FOSI. Fear of saying yes. Is that contagious? Yeah, you know what? I'd say yes. Yeah? FOMO is fear of missing out. Oh, that I have all the time. My daughter just said that to me last night. I didn't know what she was talking about. I thought she was calling me something else. <laughs> but she said, Wait, what'd you say to me? She said, mofo. <laughs> you can't say that to me. Now, fear of missing out is, you know, you feel like, because she was talking about, she goes, man, I just, I, I, I have FOMO about getting back to school. I said, what's that? Fear of missing out. I said, classes aren't back yet. She goes, I know, but you kind of feel like they should be. Yeah. All right, well, whatever. <laughs> a fear of saying yes, I have had my entire life. Turning down something that you kind of sort of want to do, but you're worried about money or lack of confidence, or you just don't want to commit to something you want to back out of later. I have that going I have that going on right now. 
Really? In current situation, my sister wants to go to the fair with us. She's coming down for my daughter's birthday party next uh, week, but we're already going to go the weekend after that with my in-laws, and now I have the fear of saying yes because I don't want to spend money twice at the fair. And the thing is, if you have FOSI, fear of saying yes... Part of it means you're a good person because you don't want to commit to something you're going to have to back out of. You want to be for real. You have a case of the feel bads. It's like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like I would have friends that say, why can't you just say yes now? I say, because I don't want to let you down. I can't fully commit to it yet. I That's don't right. know for sure. That's right. No, people don't want to hear that. I understand. No, it's a real thing. I, I guess I have this a lot, actually. Uh, lack of confidence. Sometimes people say financial concerns, but the other people say just because you're not completely sure and you don't know if when the time... Did you ever do this? You commit to a party, an event, a something, a, a, a get-together, a lunch. Sounds great. Day of panic. Yep. Don't want to do it. How do I get out of it? I'm, you know what? It's funny. I'm thinking right now about all the things that people ask me to do, and I'm just like, I don't know. I know. I live in fear. I just realized it right now. I live in fear of saying yes. You got the fossey. I do. <laughs> I think full, we all do at some point. Full-blown case. Let me ask you this, because they're trying to intimate that this has gotten worse since the pandemic. Do you think it has? I don't think so. I think that's just my personality. It's the way I've always been. And I, don't I know mean, if, for me, personally speaking. I don't know if this is the definition of it, but I just, I, I, it takes a lot for me to get out and do something. I'm fine having fun and doing something active, but sure. unless it's going to be guaranteed really good, yes. I, honest to God, I have no interest in, in going out. I get it. I don't want to be a curmudgeon, yeah. but... Uh, uh, you know, you'd rather stick around sometimes, do things at the house... If you guarantee me something's going to be awesome. <laughs> that may have been not pandemic related at all. Sure. Maybe I'm just getting older now. I don't know. No, I, I totally get it. No, I just, no. I want to know what's, and I don't want surprises. Absolutely no, no more surprises. surprises. None. No. Uh-uh. Well, I'll get to call that number back about your birthday. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and there's a new term, another new one you got to get used to. You know, if you want to be hip. Oh. Lucky girl syndrome. Have you heard this? Lucky girl syndrome. I have not. Assuming everything is going to work out. This is young, This is big with Gen Z. This is all over uh, TikTok, of course, because that's where they live. Everything's going to be happy. Everything's fine. Remember that old term, rose-colored glasses? Oh, yeah. No, everything's fine. Yeah. No, mm-mm. no everything's <laughs> going to work out. In some mystical way, the deck is always stacked in your favor. you oh. got to believe. This is that, like, remember that, the promise? Yes, that's right. If you, if you believe it, think. In the 70s, they had think big, be big. Yes. Now it's the promise. Just, it'll be, wor- it'll work out. Everything's good. The power of positive thinking. You deserve everything. Well, no, you don't. Just kidding. <laughs> the law of assumption. Guy came up with in the 1960s, actually. If you assume something's true and manifests itself and becomes reality. The manifest people worry me. <laughs> <Are you? laughs> no, they do. I mean, I, I understand the thought process. You know, you see it, you visualize the goal you go for. It makes it a little bit more attainable in your mind because you, you try to visualize. You I, manifest think, I think, okay, but the manifest people, if they get two or three things stacking up that didn't work out, watch out for them. All right, well, here's I'm going to manifest this weekend the Miami Dolphins pulling off a miracle upset over the Bills. Think big, big. Do. That's it. The secret. <laughs> I'm going to think big for Skylar Thompson, a quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. All right. Yes. Okay. That's what I'm going to try to do that for Sunday. Okay, well, if they lose and you're throwing things in the studio Monday morning, <laughs> I'm going to call, I'm going to say it was a case of the lucky girl syndrome. <laughs> Not for me. Not for me. It's usually the opposite. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll have a preview for that, by the way, in all the games coming up yeah. Friday, because we don't have our Friday football picks anymore, but we'll have playoffs preview. And by the way, the we time got is here. 
Three days in a row because it was the first time that all Florida teams made the playoffs since 1999. That's right. Saturday night is Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon is Miami. And Monday night is Tampa Bay. It's amazing. It's going to be a great playoff schedule. I, I think. love it. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Also, don't forget, get your Mega Billions tickets if you're interested Ooh. in that. We'll talk about headlines, too. And and tomorrow, maybe we'll have more Joe Biden confidential documents they'll find <laughs> you somewhere. Never know. You know, in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sticking around <laughs> with us. We'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning.